Hey everyone, welcome to Dialogue Choices Podcast. This is the episode where I'm too close to the microphone for the entire run. How's everyone doing today? How's everyone doing? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? What? Why is this? Yeah, let's just ruin the podcast for everyone. All right, now that we've scared off all the viewers. (laughs) That was so audible. (laughs) That, That swallow was so audible. It was. Speaking of audible, this episode's... (laughs) (laughs) just fucking break out my first sponsorship out of fucking nowhere uh 11 years into this nightmare (laughs) and starting with audible right away with with their uh bad business practices and things i mean because they're just they're just literally amazon right like well yeah yeah oh yeah yeah, they were bought that's true they've been amazon like forever for like as long as i've known about them basically I, not me though. I I have never audibled. So, I think are you admitting that you know Audible? I, I know the, Audible. Everybody knows because they they show up on YouTube videos, and I, then I click double tap on the arrow key. I feel like the only sponsorship I would ever do. This is I don't know. If someone offers me enough fucking money, uh, and it's and it's actually like an explicit quote, we'll give you this much money, and not like, oh, what are your rates? Uh, like I, I might take a sponsorship because it's the realistic it's just the it's just like yeah. the it's just the reality of existing it's like i don't make that much money the fucking i could use a few thousand dollars if i had the opportunity uh yeah my issue with sponsorships is that uh they always are like oh what are your rates and how much would it cost i'm like i don't especially back when i was only making let's plays uh yeah. i was like i this this video will not get enough viewership to justify you paying me for any kind of sponsorship. So if you're offering me money, like you basically, like most likely you just basically haven't, you're, you spammed this to everybody and you have not looked at my channel at all. And you're not going to offer me mm-hmm. shit when you see how many, how, how much viewership I actually get on like a let's play. So I'm like, this is just yeah. not worth. It's just not worth like the integrity loss, especially since I'm from the old internet back on, Back in the days of YouTube, where getting any any kind of monetization made you look like a uh, like a criminal, like a madman, an evil evil YouTuber, clout chaser, nightmare man. I, I, uh, These days, you put mid non-skippable ads in the middle of videos, and it's like, nah, <laughs> nobody cares. I was like afraid <laughs> to turn monetization on when I first did on my channel, and I I, leg- I legitimately did like stay up all, I, all night like awake in bed just stressing over when I activated my pa- when I announced and activated my Patreon account and like people responded fine to it but I thought that I, I was like <sighs> going to I thought it was going to be seen as this like massive betrayal because I've seen that several times like I, I remember when and in the first year of Game Grumps like back in 2012 uh John Tron made a video or someone made a video. I didn't, I didn't even see the real one because it got taken down so fast. But they made a video that was just announcing, hey, John Tron made a new video on his main account. Like the most basic possible fucking thing. And the the audience reaction was so vitriolic that they took the video down. Like they just like, nope, we're never doing this again. We're never pr- like and, the idea of oh, ma- uh, like promoting <laughs> a like they like a high effort piece of content you made on your other channel when you are the host of this channel was still seen as like inappropriate behavior in like 2012 2012 somehow and i'm like i don't 
I, I don't understand. It's so bizarre. Wait till they see it's, John. It's Trump's been wild now. watching like the rise of like entire Instagram channels that only exist to promote like facial creams that are scams <laughs> and like and people are like yes, lay like, get that bag. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? I, this isn't the internet I grew up with. I feel guilty all the time. You know, the only I feel like the only sponsorship I'd think about taking is like uh, Nebula because that's obviously like. Oh join this platform and whatever and get and make and like as a video essayist yeah uh, i thought you were gonna say bad dragon or something like that but no, <laughs> i mean that would be what? very entertaining i uh, would chill bad dragon i would bad chill dragon bad dragon i'd have to that'd be a, they'd have to pay would me you? enough for the video to be a throwaway because the fucking video would get tanked by the ad they do uh, though they pay like the yeah, the they pay a lot. It, yeah. yeah it depends on the it depends on the channel, obviously, but the rates are are usually at around. If you get like a hundred thousand views, you can get a few yeah. thousand dollars. On, I'd on... I'd fucking put a an ad for like Rudder Butts or Rogue Fang or Bad Dragon in an, in the furry video essay. I'm not afraid. I mean, R Rudder Butts and Rogue Fang are like that's that's fine. That's not gonna get anyone in trouble. Like that's one, not like, a problem. Was I don't was, think was Bad Dragon the... would get anybody in trouble. No, I don't think so. Either. Vegas? It was, just... was it Twin Tail? Twin Tail, yeah. Twin Tail. Battle it yeah. out, <laughs> bidding war for my the company I bought slot. a bunch of stuff from in front of all of our friends. The inside of the fandom, uh, like like furry sponsorships would be very amusing. That'd be like kind of fulfilling in a way. But like I don't. One of the things, like yeah, like I don't like uh, getting requests from like. Like, there's like an integrity loss feeling of like the idea of like taking a sponsorship from just some random product that I know nothing about, which is what most people do. So I don't like that idea. But I also just like this. It's just that thing where like, yeah, if, if they uh, most of the offers are not sincere, they're spam. And if they saw yep. my channel, they wouldn't actually pay me, basically. And if they're not. But in the other ones that do offer me like a too good to be true amount they always ghost me the moment I actually ask for real details and don't just walk into their scam because they are trying to scam yeah. me. They're either trying to yeah. fish me in some way. Well, actually, yeah, they're probably pretty much exclusively probably trying to fish me in some way. But like, it's always like... A lot like, of it is yeah. like trying to get you to open an attachment that it has yeah. viruses in it so that you get your cookies stolen, you get your channel hijacked. Yeah, and it's like this, this person is very much not sincerely offering me money. And that's all the more reason to ignore all sponsorship uh, offers is because you're like, these. I could literally like... These people are in like a significant percentage of these people are trying to literally steal my job from me and ruin my life yeah. with, with these emails. Yeah, it's like a, it's the same it's, reason it's why a full time job to sift through it to see what is real yeah. and what isn't. And like the danger is just really high. It's the same reason like why if you if you draw me fan art, you have to post it on like Twitter or in DMs or post it in the Discord or something like I will not open a link to your fan art because like. Yeah. It could be like someone trying to ruin my life. Uh, that's yeah. what I get to deal with all the time. <laughs> Yay. Well, if the link is to Twitter, I suppose, it, or something like that. It, yeah. I suppose it's Send your fine. fan art in yeah. an acrylic print <laughs> framed to my P.O. box. <laughs> so, we anyway, still have question. the P.O. box? Anyway, I oh, did not. Sorry. Yeah. The unfortunate yeah. thing about having PO box. boxes and also living in modern world and moving is that people will search P.O. box in your videos find any p.o box video and then send stuff to that p.o box yeah and so i've had people that try to send stuff to our not, no longer yeah. existent uh old 
PO box from those old videos that's from that like from yeah. like five plus years ago, back when we were playing <laughs> Duke Zero Escape, and I'm like, neither of us live in that city anymore. My PO box information's <laughs> in my about tab. Why did you? Why did you do this? <laughs> That's how I lost. I toss him to the, the PO uh, box pretty frequently, so I mean, yeah. hey, p- viewers, join in. The, uh, Keith the, doesn't need to pay for a subscription just so that I can send stuff to his PO box. I know where he lives. I could just send it to his address. If I remember correctly, that, that 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 happened with both. Uh, that happened with both the uh, World of Horror like press kit that was supposed to have like Junji Ito stuff in it and like other like good goodies. I think all got sent to uh the old p.o box and then probably came back as like wrong address or something and uh once upon a time i was supposed to get like the I, this 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 was a uh a pr email that cost me money ultimately is that uh i was supposed to get the hd remastered collection box set special edition thing of yakuza for like three four and five and mm-hmm. It just kept not arriving forever after I was told explicitly that I was, that they were sending it to me. And I was like, oh, that's a cool gift. That's that's fun. Uh, I'll go, and I'm covering those games, so that's neat. Uh, so then I, end, I ended up having I ended up buying three individually because the box that was coming. So like I shouldn't buy the pack, even though it's a, a way of saving money. I should buy the, the I, should, oh. I should just buy three individually because the whole thing's coming. But it continued to never arrive. So I ended up buying three, four and five individually and just losing money as a result. Yeah. Oh, no. Nothing. You can't trust these people. <laughs> <laughs> Even official people from. Well, it's who's the I have a near 100 percent failure Sega. rate where every press kit Sega. that someone yeah. tells me they're sending me doesn't arrive. And all the ones that do arrive, I've never heard of. And they're just a wacky surprise. <laughs> and I'm like, do I make a video about this? Like, and I keep not getting around to it. Uh, don't send me press kits hoping that I'll just make a video at random about just your press kit. <laughs> Who does that? Especially for a Let's Play channel. I received a... Uh, wild. I received a suitcase in the mail. Uh, wow. Uh... That has, says cartoon, Cartel Tycoon on it. Printed on the outside of the suitcase, so it's useless for traveling because oh, it says God. cartel on it. <laughs> and, it was, and it was full of it had a bag of flour to be fake coke, and it had like, it was, uh, it, and it had blue meth. In how the form did you of, know it was flour? They the, send it to you, and you get immediately put on, on yeah, a fucking watch list. <laughs> it, had a, it had Breaking Bad reference blue meth in the form of rock candy, uh, and mm-hmm. it had a, a uh, that's nice though. And it had, I would, I actually used this to print uh, Toaster's badge because I couldn't find a USB, uh, uh, a single USB drive anywhere to take to the, <laughs> the print store. Uh, they sent me like, it's like a key fob, like it's like a, like it looks like a key with like a keychain that has like a squishy keychain blob on it, and mm-hmm. the little mm-hmm. thing says Cartel Tycoon, and the key, that's it's like a flat key shaped USB uh, drive. Yeah. So it's and, and and so I actually used that to store Toaster's files to print his like his con badge when I was like short notice trying to find a USB drive because I don't use them ever. Uh, never made a video, yeah. but I, I actually recorded myself opening it. But I was so confused in opening it because I thought it was the World of Horror press kit that I kind of like ruined the video by not understanding what was happening while I was opening it. And then I never made the I never <laughs> and then I never used the footage because I was like I'd, I'd both need to edit this and like. I'd have to play Cartel Tycoon, and like I really don't like doing let's tries of like you say, management or you RTS games because they're so slow build up and eh. yeah. You say it's not a usable briefcase, but 
you can just you know put some tape over it and say very nice instead of cartel and that's it. very nice tycoon very good thing <laughs> very good thing. Use, use like it's, uh what's it called um I'm suspicious to the tsa tycoon fuck yeah acetone to to strip the the ink where it says it Unless they do the it thing. like with embossing and like, like or like engraving or whatever. Yeah. Alternatively, just go to the fucking airport and pretend like you're a cartel, and then after yeah, the time, they're gonna get they're gonna get so annoyed with you. They're gonna be like, "That's that stupid fucking cartel faker." Just ignore him, and then now you're allowed to bring coke into the country. Car- no one cartel will have tycoon to. Is, wow. is just your Life cool Instagram by, brand by Andrew. <laughs> I'm, I know all the deets. I know how all to the bring secrets. coke into the country. Definitely not in the <laughs> yeah, watch list right now. Here, here's how little you can buy me with press kits, though, because I just I'm not a swag person. I am not like seduced by packs in any way. This stuff does not matter to me. Uh, so he says some indie company sent me a, a set that had like. It was a little charming. It had like a little a little cassette tape of their soundtrack of their game. And it had oh, like a nice. and it had like I a like that. And, it, and it came with like a whole booklet of their game, like old school booklet that had their character designs and like, oh, look, there's little anthro dudes that mm. seem neat. It was not an anthro game, but it had some cool little dudes in it still that were in that territory. Puzzlingly, did not contain any copy of the game. <laughs> oh. <laughs> not it did not have a code. <laughs> it did not have a uh it did not have a code. It did not have a USB drive. It did not have like a disc. Like I, and I've immediately, I, I forgot. I've, I've, I'm looking at my room now trying to think of where I put it. Cause I, w- I don't think I threw it away, but I don't know where any of this is. I was going to break it out and like try to like at least say what the game was. <laughs> mm, I think the only follow through yeah. I've ever had so far was that after we covered all the, we were here games, uh, when we were here forever or whatever, I think that's the newest one that came out. Uh, they sent me and bird snow globes. And that was cool. You guys are actually on oh, the, uh, if you go to the Xbox store uh, and l- watch the trailer, you guys show up in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, we're in the trailer. <laughs> Wait, for what game? What game was this again? The, or we, the, were, we, the, were here? The, oh, the, uh, we were here. Oh, we were here. The coverage of the original <laughs> We Were Here is very briefly edited yeah. in a not very entertaining way into the original, into the trailer for that game to showcase the multiplayer. And, but I mean, well, they, that's, well, that's what, been a pretty what, good partnership for you, though, right? I mean, partnership in the sense of, you it's know, a, it's a cute moment. It's just that we don't really say them. any. It's a cute moment. We just don't really say anything like particularly like funny or entertaining in the little clip they use. But amusingly, in the comment section for the trailer, there's people cause it, uh, accusing them of false advertising because it, I edit those videos to be split screen for the viewers. And so it implies oh, yeah. that the game has split screen. <laughs> If oh, you use wow. it in the trailer. Whoops. <laughs> so, <laughs> oopsie. Yeah. Well, we got our first question. Yeah. By the way, that said, Nare- oh, sorry. Just to, I was just gonna say, someone game. wanted us to talk about our pets. <laughs> Do we all have pets or no? I don't have pets anymore. I moved. Uh, oh, okay. Only pet is the <laughs> job. That said, it started very ominous at first. <laughs> yeah, that was dark. <laughs> I don't have pets anymore. Because but I, I saw moved. him last week. <laughs> like, I saw him last week. And he's a very, okay. very lazy, 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 lazy cat. It's the laziest of cats that I've ever seen. That's bullshit, <laughs> dude. I'm looking at a cat right now that's literally laying in like a filing cabinet in the sun. Like, how yeah. more anti-work can you be? My cat is also just in a cat bed behind me. I have two cats. I have one a white and gray barn cat that has been converted into... I mean, he was like a barn cat when he was like very little. He was like feral. Um, but then we adopted him. Uh, 
and he and corrupted him. Yeah, now he's ruined his work ethic. (laughs) He's fucking huge. He's a huge cat. I don't necessarily mean like he's fat. He's not really. He's just long. No, yeah, he's tank. He's like tanky cat. Yeah, he's a very very big cat. Uh, When I pick him up, I just need three damage cats and a support cat. Yeah, I need three damage (laughs) cats. I need a rogue cat. Um, and then I have a I have a black cat as well who is inversely extraordinarily tiny, and her name is uh, Ripley. Uh, she's very cute. Oh, but uh, yeah, so I have, I have a. I can imagine. Yeah, I have a I have an eighteen pound fucking four foot long barn cat, and then eighteen <laughs> pounds is enormous. It sound it sounds really big because you think when it, when you when you say oh yeah I have like an eighteen pound cat. Um, you know, it makes you think you're that he's, he's like not big fat, and, big and so, chunky. So he's he's not. Just, he's just yeah. really, really it's large. Muscle. Like, yeah, it's not even muscle. It's just like I mean, his yeah. proportions are bigger than the other cat. So Ripley, Ripley is like a small, like nine to ten pounds. Looks like a little cat that you would like a little black cat, like Salem from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That's what she looks like. But then Goofy is like, if you took the the like character scale slider in dark souls and just like moved it all the way up where his head is like three times the size of her head like his skull is three times the size of her skull if you told me he was like part lynx i would believe you he is as big as like a Maine coon cat without being a Maine coon he is huge and when i pick him up and i hold him underneath his arms at like my face level the tips of his feet touch my knees he is huge he is a gigantic cat so kind of cool but those are my pets my old cat is black as well but he's not he's not that big he's he's lazy though in the sense that he eats laying down he doesn't like eating standing up he just lays <laughs> down to eat um and he just lays down everywhere just he does he walks to the next place where he's gonna lay down and that's it and uh like we we checked the vet to see if he had like any bone deformities or some stuff like that nope totally normal cat and uh just loves laying just, down just lazy as fuck <laughs> yeah Keith, you technically Probably. live in a house with a lot of pets. They're just not your pets. I have zero pets. I do not want pets. I like pets. He has no responsibility, but still somehow has a lot of responsibility for pets. I'm, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. Like I don't. I think I at least need to get to a spot where I'm like consistently cooking for myself before I think about like lo- like other pets. <laughs> like. Like secure your own oxygen mask before you secure that of those of others. Like it's not well, that deep, man. What you, like, <laughs> I just I don't. Well, I don't what need are the to things that... taking care of other things to the list of things where I'm not? Like, I, I'm still working on myself. Yeah, right. one of the things that surprised me is that like I've been watching Keith's channel for like eight years now or something like that since like at least 2014, 2015, and when I went to his house. There are fucking four dogs in the living room or something. And I was like, you have you have dogs. How do you how do I not hear these animals in your recordings? <laughs> like I just you think with like eight years of footage, I'd hear one bark. There is a dog in the room next to your room right now. And you're like, yeah, we have like yeah. eight pets in this house. Like Stephanie's got like all sorts I mean, of bugs and fish and a Stephanie snake and dogs. Ever. Uh, Kiki's in the room with us every time. 
yeah, it's just insane. It's always a mention about Kiki. Yeah, we yeah. often talk about yeah. Kiki because she she'll like she'll every now and then she'll get excited in the middle of a recording and think that and want something else to happen and she'll start like she'll like sit like she'll like run up and sit down and like stare at and stare patiently but not that patiently because she's like stamping her front feet excitedly like something's gonna happen <laughs> and then she'll loudly burp by the microphone. It's amazing. She, like, she burps and yawns like audibly near the microphone on a regular basis, then goes back, and you can hear blessing. the when she like jumps down from the bed because my bed is very tall. My bed is way too tall. It's nonsensical. It Gold wasn't, and it wasn't really my choices that let it here. I, so yeah, I love uh, that you had no choice in your bed. No, because yep. gifts happen at you, and then you're a bad person if you. To don't be fair, bed shopping them. is like a is is like a pretty big thing i reference the the line in in fight club which is like a really weird part of fight club to fixate on but like in the in the very beginning of fight club there's a moment where a character is like you live out of the ikea catalog and you tell yourself okay i bought this couch now i now i don't need to worry about this couch ever again if anything else happens i have the couch situation squared away right and like that's like that's what buying furniture is like so when you go to buy a bed, you tell yourself it's going to be a really simple process. You're like, all right, I just get a, you know, I get a box spring and get a mattress, get like a platform to put it on. We're good. But then you like think about that and you're like, oh man, like buying a bed is like committing to like 12 years, eight years of having this bed. <laughs> like it is not a yeah. purchase that you do lightly and it is very expensive. <laughs> so I, I get it. I get not, not buying a new bed if you don't have to. So I, I feel like an insane person. I, didn't, I don't put that much thought into it at all. I just say, "Hey, this one doesn't hurt when I lay on it." Okay, bye. <laughs> That's no, I, good. I, I either I either overthink everything in every choice so much that I'm paralyzed by inaction, or I just immediately make a call and power through any of my doubts and probably power through several warnings people give me about why this is a bad idea, and then just keep doing it, and then and then just finish the thing, and then I just live <laughs> with the consequences of what I've done, uh, and very much so. When I moved here, I literally just went to the first mattress store I could find and just bought a bed. Oh, like, just okay. on the spot. Um, yeah, that's a that's yeah. Me buying a and bed was like a multi-week process. We couldn't find a twin process. XL. <laughs> they didn't have a twin XL anywhere, so I, I just so I also got stuck with a twin. So I'm taller than my bed. Yeah, Keith well, okay. is also tall, no, no, no. so he needs wait, a longer wait a second, bed. Wait a second. No, okay. First of all, that is at least the fucking bare minimum. You need a bed that fits you. That like that, <laughs> that it doesn't matter how comfortable it is, it needs to fucking fit That's you. That's what powering through like, does though. Did you power through yeah. 190 I've, I've explained my like process. I don't know. I feel like I've bro, left nothing yeah. for imagination. What? Yeah. That go to a mattress store, lay on the bed, bed and make sure it fits you. That's it. That's, that's all you have to do. It was do. also really uncomfortable like, for like six months because I had to just like trust the idea that, oh, yeah, this foam, these, this memory foam thing totally like breaks in eventually. It'll totally be comfortable yeah. one day, which is its own thing. No, it's the other way around. Memory foam is uncomfortable at the beginning and then it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's not comfortable at the beginning, it's not going to get better. Well, maybe. I don't know. People's was, backs are different. Yeah. But then I was gifted a homemade bed, a, a a homemade frame stand, whatever you call it, for the bed. Uh, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't fit the... it. So it doesn't. So oh. it's not. Oh. It's not the right size for it. 
but I just, but but it's a gift, yeah. so I get to just I get to prominently keep using it, or else. Uh, so then, to de- so I, I so I then, I then <laughs> dealt with some kind of with some kind of sleeping problems for like another for six months after that, where I, it was like sag in the middle because it's like held it's held up on the sides, but it sags in the middle, and it's not the right shape to fit in the slot because it's too the the mm. frame was made too small for the mattress. <laughs> So did you ever so then move? To try to I'm, just, that, I'm gonna take then, you bed shopping. I then bought. A, <laughs> Thank God, dude. Seriously, fuck. So then to, to fix this problem, I I, I bought a bed frame, uh, a box spring to go between the frame and the and the mattress to then at least finally level it out, which mm. is the only discernible purpose I can even think of for. A, I don't understand what a box spring does. It seems stupid and pointless, uh, uh, and like it doesn't uh, serve anything. I don't even know what a box spring is. <laughs> Wait a second. Hold on. You cannot say it seems stupid and pointless when you don't even spend enough time to get a fucking bed that fits you. Like, what are you talking know, about? Don't, don't come don't here and give your passing judgments here. You don't even it know how the bed like works. I, I, you add another brick under the bed, and there's more now. No, and like, why is why was this for? Support. The idea the is that it's already s- I, my the bed, bed didn't have that. My bed is like a foot thick. It does not need more support. Okay, because you chose. A bed that's a foot that's a foot thick. Yeah. Some people don't choose beds so that are the, a foot thick. So at like, the beginning of this process, I, w- I was sleeping on the ground, uh, by which I mean like the bed was on the ground, and I was happy with that honestly. Like that was fine. It was fine to just have the mattress on the floor and just hang out there. I don't. I, I, I did not need. Uh, you know. You know. What's yeah, great yeah, about yeah. putting a, a mattress on the floor is that instead of a bed frame, you can get a box spring, and that would compensate for the need for one, because at least then <laughs> yeah. you have. A yeah. way to raise the bed off the ground. It, it, well, it, there's the bed was fine on so the ground. So one of the things here, though, and it was cute. It was it was on the ground, so all four dogs would just kind of <laughs> run over and just lay on the bed. And I'm like, oh, all the dogs are sleeping in my room because I'm the best person. <laughs> I have the That's best bed. Keep saying I have one, is... one at dogs. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot to Bask unpack says... here. This is. Keith saying his sleep is terrible is really recontextualized. Please help us, <laughs> yeah. man. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, sure. no, it makes yeah. it makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> the changes to my bed did not correlate with the changes to my sleep. No. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, uh, the bed I, is now so tall between the custom frame thing and the box spring and the mattress being a foot tall that, like... It is comedically large. Stephanie is, like... <laughs> Like poor Kiki is getting old. Like, is she gonna hurt herself eventually on this thing? <laughs> but she so confidently continues to jump all the way up and all the way down. I don't know how she's never realized she could jump the fences we have throughout the house because she doesn't respect them. We're, I guess we're still talking about. I haven't talked about the pets yet, so we'll do that. But like with Kiki, she's like a. I think she's like a, a terrier and and uh, and is it bulldog mix? No, she looks bulldog. like a terrier bulldog. Yeah. Pitbull, that other one. She's like a t- uh, she's oh. like a terrier oh. pit bull mix, uh, so she's jacked. <laughs> she's just a jacked, feisty, energetic little nightmare dog. She's great. She's perfect. She's an idiot. Right. Uh, she's so stupid. Uh, ah yes. But she uh, so <laughs> she's extremely well behaved, and but she also has anxiety. So she uh, she'll so like beha- most people with anxiety. So like whenever Stephanie's around, she's really she behaves really well and. She, but like the moment that uh, she's not around, she freaks out a bit. And so one of the things that is that Stephanie will like uh, try to leave Kiki downstairs with the other dogs when she goes somewhere. So that, so, so whoever's around can let her out with with the other dogs because dogs need to be let out a few times a day. 
And like, if she if Stephanie leaves her, Kiki in her room, she might just refuse to come out. Like you can sit there and, and like, like Kiki, Kiki, and like pat your legs and like try to get her attention and so on. And depending on how much she likes you as an individual, she might just stare at you and kind of like eventually like tremble a bit and not go anywhere. Like she will not leave Stephanie's yeah. bed. Uh, so Stephanie tries to leave her downstairs sometimes preemptively when she's going to be gone for a while, so she so people can leave, leave, uh, let her out to use the restroom. And Kiki will break out. She will just mm. defeat the various fences. In fact, one, at one point, and there was one time where she also escaped uh, Stephanie's fence for her in her room by like just pushing all the way out from under the bars, like and bending it. <laughs> like oh, like above all else, she does not respect dog all the barriers in this house that are made to to stop the dogs. <laughs> like, but. That, that all the more makes me realize that she just, just has never realized that she could just jump the fence. Because she can jump all the way up onto my bed that's way the fuck up there. That she could absolutely just jump over these fences. And she has never clocked that yet. And and a lot of the orderliness of this house is dependent entirely on that. Basically. Hmm. I think there's... I mean, there's usually a lot of... Uh, what is it? There, there needs to be some kind of drastic motivation for that. We've, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, most dogs are like... Yeah, they're they're kind of okay with their lot in life as long as they feel comfortable and safe. If Kiki was like desperately in in fear, she would just like fucking turn into a jackrabbit. She'd just be like hopping every fucking fence in a yeah. mile yeah. radius. Like, yeah, when I first yeah. got here, when I had mentioned there being four dogs, Patreon asked me to make a video about it, and I was going to, and I even got as far as recording it and like talking about the dogs on camera and everything. But I just I hate appearing on camera so much, and especially like unscripted and so on. I've just never released it or done anything with it, and I, I I hate that whole experience. But we had a we had Birch, which was a which was a rescue husky, but he died of cancer like a few months ago. So he was here oh my God. until then. He was he was a sweetheart. He was just so he was like weirdly calm for a husky, uh, and mm. just very chill, but also just wanted maximum body oh. contact at all thanks, times. Thanks for that depression. Great. The uh, more depression uh our corgi has that spine problem right now and and forever where uh she now no longer can feel her back legs so she's kind of like oh falls over but not not she doesn't like fully fall over because she's a long ass dog but like her leg her back legs will just kind of like crumple because she can't like they work but she can't feel them so she just kind of like like she walks diagonally because she because she can't tell where they are and uh, mm -hmm. the black, the back legs just kind of like look like they're operating on ice all the time. Like they're just kind of like scrambling around. Uh, and every now and then she just kind of like sits down on accident and just kind of has to like figure out how to get up again. Uh, and then we have a Shiba Inu who is just a creepy old man. He's just he, he and, I'm, and, and we've called him a creepy old man <laughs> since he was a, a, since he was young. He's just really weird. Damn. Uh, he's like Stan. Like I've, I've talked before about how Shiba Inus feel too intelligent for pets, and it's creepy. Uh, he always stands at, like uh, if you when you pet him after about a second, he has like a cat-like reaction where he's like, "Why are you doing that? What are you doing?" Like he like he like he doesn't like he reacts to petting too intelligently and isn't just like dumb dog into it and and psyched about the experience, and so it makes you feel weird for petting him. But then he'll then turn around and like sneak up on you and just start licking between your toes 
like forever until you pull uh, away. He's, he's like very unnerving. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the old men, then he wants yeah. those toesies. He would find Birch Coming for where them he was, toes. Yeah, he, he used to find Birch where he was laying, and he would just sit there and lick Birch over and over again in one spot for like 20 minutes straight. Wow. Just weird. He also like every time you let the dogs in or out to go to use the restroom, all of them are scrambling, losing their shit and like crowding the door and they'll practically jump over each other to get through the door as it opens. Like for some reason, because that's how dogs do. But he always is standing five feet back staring. <laughs> and then walks like, in afterwards. And then, and then walks doing? in after like a second of waiting. Like <laughs> it's just it's just unnerving behavior from a dog, especially in contrast to all the other dogs. <laughs> yeah. Right. I like the idea it's, that he is. But anyway, there was the dog talk with bonus bed talk where people yeah. have inflicted um, things on me. I, I now I take CBD ads. and everything's fine. <laughs> No need for bed frame or the other thing that I forget the name. Box office. No, which which one is it called? Box spring. Box spring. That's the one. That's the one. So, and Andrew, you have two pets. I, I have two pets. Um, I have a cat and I have a dog. We had three cats, but that one died two years ago. Um. Mm. Uh, what's it? Uh, shadows. I don't know. I've I've had shadows since before the let's play began. Uh, the dog is like 11, 12 years old now. Um, wow. he's fine, but he does, uh, he's actually getting, he's pretty much getting to his end of life. Uh, he's got like kidney failure problems. Uh, he, I just had to go and do like, I just had to neuter him after 12 years of not doing that. Cause he had like an inflate, he had like an enlarged prostate with like a cyst or something. And the only way to lower it was to neuter him. Um, it's like just he's just getting to that age where like he's just full of medical problems, but he's still chipper, still got energy, still happy. So yeah, that's good. Very normal. Doesn't act. I mean, he acts like a person sometimes because he'll act like you're supposed to do everything. But like he's like, oh, I'm gonna eat your food too, right? Or I'm gonna lay with you, right? <laughs> like he just has this expectation that he's literally going to be with the family at all times. Um. But also high anxiety dog. So if you if I like go on a trip or something, he'll just stand by the door and wait until I come back. Yeah, he'll like definitely just see more it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's very he's like very it's, much it's like very, that. Evil. It's very <laughs> surreal to watch because yeah, like I, we would, I'd be over to record like Sonic Forces or Zero Escape or something, and you'd be like, oh, I need to get another carton of cigarettes. So you'd just go leave for like twenty minutes, and. I'd be hanging out in your living room and like checking my phone and like I would I would like I would I would pet Shadow and he would just not look at me. <laughs> he would just sit there on top of the couch by the front door staring at the front door the entire time you were gone. And I'm like there's other people here Shadow you could there's so there are sources yeah. of attention you can get like <laughs> it's, that's nope. not what he wants. He All just, he cares he about is wants. the fact that Andrew's not here right now. <laughs> yeah and it's, it's not a, my it's own a lot. volition it's a I, lot it's i don't it's yeah, another reason it's, why i don't want a pet is i don't want to be their entire world that's stressful to me i mean it's to, stressful to, to you for, think of what how stressful it is to to to, to shadow I, so for, for, for context here, into you, that for context i know here, you normally when you wouldn't train your dog to do that you would train your dog to be a lot more uh i would say like work focused 
So you would make sure it has a goal in life, which is to <laughs> be either a guard dog or to live its life very comfortably. But you would train the dog to know that this is what its daily routine is. Um, I did not do that because this is not my dog. It is a inherited dog. So I did not raise it. I did not decide its behaviors. Uh, all I can do is go from once ownership and I am not very good at raising things, which is why I've never owned pets on my own accord. Uh, I can't, I can't raise anything for shit. I don't, I don't even, I don't even bother raising myself. So the, uh, not even cats. Yeah, he's, raising cats so easy. You don't, I don't, yeah, I didn't raise, I actually, I didn't raise this cat either. This is, this is Mandy's cat. So I didn't do anything with it. I just, it's just so, here. So easy. You just sort uh, of like, I, Help a little and they pop out. What? 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 I don't think grow that's up, true. sort of. That's what I mean to say. Yeah, it's like raising cats. <laughs> they just is, pop is, out. Is, you uh, just tell the cats to do their breathing and then the little cats pop out. <laughs> Look at all these little mm. cats. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I don't know. I've never had to. <laughs> I've never had to be responsible for like a cat or like an animal from conception to like i guess ownership uh i i've never had to be part of the raising process so i'm not very good at that and i inherited shadow after he was like already five six years old so it, he was already well trained by that point and this is the outcome of it this is what he was trained to be i mean to be fair I, his anxiety wasn't nearly as bad he used to not like he didn't have to ever be home alone because i was usually always home um but uh all of his anxiety is just from like obviously not not uh, uh, obviously losing his original master is a lot of his anxiety is like oh god i don't want to be abandoned again <laughs> <laughs> so so i kind of understand that um and for the most part he's not had much reason to worry except for times when we i travel out of the country for a couple of weeks um, months but he's fine <laughs> no i well yeah i mean okay so dubai was a long time dubai was rough for him uh, he did not have a fun time uh, when I was gone that long, but the uh, but he is fine. He has survived, and I think, I think Rudiger's actually like the same age too. I think Rudiger's pretty old too. They're both really old animals, uh, but neither of them are. What do you want? We're not... I know we're talking about you. <laughs> uh, neither of them are. Um... Neither of them are. Ew! Uh, are Ew! Uncontrollable. Sorry. I've had the the pleasure of raising cats uh, for most of my life, um, and uh, luckily for the cats, because they get to keep cool names, um, most of the cats that I raised were all named after anime characters based on their personality. So we ne we didn't name the cat until we could figure out what the cat was like, and then we had like for example we had this cat. Uh, she was very scared of everything, and she was like very shut in. So we named her Komori after uh, Kiki mm -hmm. Komori, I believe, from uh... Kiki Komori, right? Or is it the, no, Kiri or is it a character yeah. name? Character name. It's a character name. Yeah, it's a it's a pun from uh, Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei. Uh, oh yes, it. yes, yes, yes. Uh, we had this cat. This cat who was just he thought he was the coolest cat in the world. Like at the age of three weeks, he thought. We could tell that cat was like he he's here to he he's the bee's knees. So we named him Shimon after uh, Shimon from Tengen Tabaku Relagan because Shimon is the coolest. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. 
Shmuel's the coolest. Shmuel's the best character. Um, what a, we what had, a bold uh, read. <laughs> yeah, well, just just uh, uh, the fun thing about cats is that when they're babies, they're they're very nondescript and just sort of like you can't really tell what's going on. But then there's they're like the best. <laughs> Yeah, they're their best, basically. But there's like a period of a week where all of a sudden they start to develop very strong personalities that mostly stick with them for most of their life, unless, of course, something drastic happens. Um, and uh, and, the, and like, it, I'm not sure exactly because I'm not I'm not uh, a, a cat psychologist or anything. I'm not sure why that happens, but at least that's my perception. It's like there's like I think it's like a month in. There's a week where they the cat starts to become them and it, that's a fun thing that's a really fun thing and even if you're uh just raising the cats to give them out for adoption it's still cool to see that i like cats a lot cats cats are cats can be yeah. nice it just depends on what it is you're looking for in companionship from an animal yeah Which i think yeah, it's the, the harder hurdle is that sometimes people will assume that there's this like default behavior in animals it's like, no, nah, animals are kind of just a mess. They just will mm -hmm. <laughs> wake up one day and choose violence and you're just along for the ride. Cats in particular are like that. I've had cats who are super companionship oriented and the cats that are just standoffish 100%. Cats that scream all day, cats that don't meow at all. Cats that like pets, obviously that's the, the normal one. Cats that don't and stuff like that. But I think the same thing is for dogs, but it's just less common for dogs to not be companionship oriented because they're so um, attention driven rather than cats who are more food driven and stuff like that. So it's yeah. that's one of the reasons why it's well, easier to to raise a, a dog is just because you don't have to feed them treats all the time as much as cats. Yeah, I mean, there's also just the 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 beginning the origins of why they're even domesticated yeah exactly are yeah. obviously domesticated for uh much right. different reasons <laughs> yeah when you when you self-domesticate you tend to be a lot more independent still whereas dogs are just like this is great everything's great you're great let's have a good time <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. also everyone's pets just behave so differently when they're not there too and they don't realize that all the time like my my mom would yeah. recruit me to go fucking family favors like drive out like an hour to her where she is and like uh water her plants and feed her cats and take care of the litter box and so on when they're on vacation every few days and uh th one of the funniest instructions to me was the idea that i should hang out and socialize with and play with their cats and i'm like they're gone <laughs> like yeah. a person walked into the house <laughs> those cats are fucking invisible like I can barely confirm that they haven't escaped because they will escape and they'll, they'll just vanish into whatever closet or under whatever bed and they will not come back out until I am gone. Especially since the, uh, yeah. the, uh, me arriving is introduced by a fucking alarm losing its shit for a while until I put the, uh, the code in and everything. But like the, uh, those are, <laughs> those cats do not want to meet me. They, they are not happy that somebody has entered the house that they don't, that they're not, that's not one of the people that lives there all the time and they're not going to like chill. <laughs> I, yeah, I assume that cats are similar to like teenage kids where they're, they're super stoked to be left alone in the house with the parents gone. They're like, yeah, this is great. Nice, calm peace. I love it. And then the moment someone shows up, they're like, uh, 
uh, what are you doing here? Go away. I'm going back to my room until you leave. <laughs> yeah. Like, definitely not a... I don't know. I, I've seen that, too, with uh, Mandy's parents have, like, a cat that I guess they have. I've seen it once. I don't really know if it's real or not. Like, it just lives in their bedroom, and it hides anytime there's anybody else in the house besides the parents. That's what um, Ripley's like. She doesn't like other people. No. But Goofy, Goofy will talk to people. He'll come out. He'll be like, hey, what's up? You know, he'll have, like, a conversation yeah. with me. But Ripley is just, like, the second someone else walks in the house, she's like, I'm going under the bed. See ya. See ya later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Rudiger, yeah. Rudiger will just walk out to you and just yell at you and be like, I can't believe you're here and you're not touching me. It's like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I don't... So, I, I don't know. Cats are weird, man. Cats are... Cats, like, have... I feel like a lot more uh extreme personalities than dogs do dogs tend to just be uh there's always there's always love somewhere but i don't trust that with a cat <laughs> yeah no That's yeah definitely. yeah it's a diff it's a very different kind of uh, the way they show their affection is very different so it's if you don't know the cat personally it's you can tell you cannot tell yeah the cat might be yeah. stoked to see a stranger and it's just you like you wouldn't be able to tell so we, we got another question a little bit up in chat that I wanted to answer because I think it's kind of interesting. Um, so it's from Salaf uh, Halcyon, and they say, what is the opportunity cost of hiring an editor? Isn't most of the editing simply deleting the fat? Not my talent. Sounds like cropping an image to me. Sorry if that comes off as demeaning. Uh, and mm. this is I think this is a really interesting question because it is something that a lot of people wouldn't understand how to think about. But when you actually think about it, I think it makes a lot of sense. It's like sort of counterintuitive to understand it first. But the opportunity cost, at least I'll, I can explain how I feel about it. And then maybe, you know, you all who have a little bit more output than me can, can also talk about it. But uh, for example, when you are hiring an editor, you are hiring someone to do work for you. What comes with that is, you know, all of, at least in America, like, the tax if if this becomes a recurring thing that you are sending recurring payments to for a lot of money this becomes like a tax concern like that person is your employee or is a contractor for you you have to make sure that you have time set aside to deal with that on top of that you're paying for someone's time so like i'm just gonna like throw some numbers out here to contextualize this if someone wanted to hire me to edit their videos they are paying not only for my experience with like DaVinci Resolve and my my like critical know-how of like, okay, this would be good to keep in a video and this would be bad to keep in a video and I'm cutting it out, cutting it in um, and like adding effects to it and stuff like that. Like, I mean, of course, it's going to depend on the style of the video. If you want to have that like punchy 10 minute YouTube video style where you like zoom in on faces and have them like, wow like you know sounds and stuff like that that's going to be a different skill set than just like editing an lp right but uh you have to understand that at the hour it takes me to like take a video that keith sends me completely unseen i have to watch that video i have to watch the full length of that video to understand what's in that video so that's an hour of my time and then i need to yeah. spend an hour editing that down to whatever because cutting out 30 minutes of video in a let's play is does not take 30 minutes but it also doesn't necessarily take five minutes and like making those cuts and making sure that that works and that the video flows correctly is not an ex it's not like a simple process it's a like 
all right, I'm going to do this cut. And now I'm going to see how does the video play correctly? Does the edit work? Is it noticeable? Is it not noticeable, etc. Then I have to balance that around the cost of the hour that I am losing. So just like throwing numbers out there, I make like $46 an hour at my current job. And if I were to like, if that's like my base value of like, this is what my time is worth for an hour, then like we, you have to add all the expertise onto it and then send Keith a bill, like editing a single pod, you know, a single let's play episode is going to be like close to like, 75 maybe 80 bucks an episode at the current rate of hiring someone like me to do that now of course not everyone is balancing the cost of editing and and their editing experience against like their day job right like and it's not equivalent like some people have really specialized skill sets they might be like 120 bucks a video or like 50 bucks a video or 40 bucks a video you know depending on what they have going on what their experience level is and if that's their actual career if they have all the processes set up to do that but what you're ultimately asking for is for someone to do a very high demand high tech job for you on demand on a schedule just to free up your own time so you're paying them what you would need to justify your gained hour basically so you're cutting them in on the 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 increase in your output by like decreasing your cut of that output and yeah yeah, really tough to get started because you need to then like spend all the time vetting different editors to see who you like jive with who's reliable what their styles like who has the best rates who has like competitive rates for what you want them to do and then like who actually fits into your schedule and who you can like just on a fundamental level like tolerate working with because that becomes a like really important fixture of your channel like editors have personality and like especially if you have like a video if like a video essayist is doing this like you constantly see them they're they're like this unseen second person in a video right so you also have to vet their their ability as a sort of invisible co-host like there is a lot of effort and time and money that goes into never met before that you then trust yeah exactly essentially yeah, that goes into like, editing videos and stuff. It's it's just a lot of trust you have to cultivate too. When it comes to let's play stuff, it's just that like we're talking about videos where each individual video makes a few dollars total. Yeah. <laughs> so like the idea that if, like if anyone like if I, if I was gonna hire anyone, I'd be hiring talent. Like I'd be trying to uh, co-host and stuff. The, yeah, the first thing I would do is try to be able to pay the people I make videos with because then they could potentially have more time to actually make said videos with me where as opposed to like the idea of trying to pay an editor and like for that kind of stuff like the editor it's like i am i even saving time if i then have to like re-watch every video they edit to see if they even would make actually making the choices that i would make because like i don't know what they're putting out and like if they do something weird to my video and then i get in trouble for something 
that it's like, wow, you think that you would vet the content you're putting out before you put it out in front of minors and stuff or whatever the fuck. And suddenly I'm on the hook for like some choice that some other person made when I was just trying to get my Let's Plays done. Uh, yeah. Like, and then all this other stuff there. And But as far as like the... Uh, the thing where I'd be more much more likely to to consider an editor is uh, is the video essays, just because doing those massive editing projects is so grueling. But then you have yeah. the problem, which is that like you're I'm always doing media analysis, so this poor editor has to like put serious time in familiarizing themselves with the source material and doing basically almost as much as work as I am at get, at thinking about it. So that they can sit there and like find the relevant clips for everything I'm talking about when like, yeah, in many cases, I'm not talking about like, wow, I happened to reference a scene once. It's like, no, I'm talking about like the theme of this thing. How do you find the right footage yeah. to couple with this theme I've talked about when you've never seen this movie or anime or whatever? And it might be a multi-season show like Beastars and so on. So like, how do they even edit that? They just have to put yeah. an ungodly amount of time just to catch up with what I even know about the thing before they can even start trying to edit the footage. Otherwise, I'm yeah. only, otherwise I'm just hiring someone to like stream together my best takes of my audio recording, and then I have to go back and do make the real video myself anyway. Uh, yeah, editing another person is just like yeah, incorporating anyone else into your project is a nightmare. Uh, the only way to do it is probably what Sarah Z does, where they and Emily have like, uh, they co-write. Sorry. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they, they, they engage with the media together. They co-write their scripts together and edit them together. And then just one of them uh, like records the face stuff for the videos. And then they probably edit it together and so on. Like, and it's just a team working on the project together the whole time through. Like I might like I might sit down and like co-write the eventual Echo video with Toaster because he's really invested in that and so on. And that's that'll, that'll be like yeah. a different experience and so on. But like the idea of like writing a giant video essay and then handing it off to an editor feels insane. Like, like it yeah. feels impossible to do. And that's and so I basically no one does. Like I don't I don't I can't really even think of anyone that does do that. Like I don't really no, know people yeah. that don't edit their own the video essays besides like. Quentin yeah. reviews maybe where he writes these nightmare no seven hour videos yeah. <laughs> and he mentions that he, and he mentions that he farms it out to like six different editors to each do a chunk of it basically uh yeah. which, you know I, at I've that seen, point uh, you have to be making money and i'm like i just do not have margins yeah. like and if, I, and if I get yeah. margins i'm probably gonna put them towards you know being able to afford an apartment one day as opposed to like how do i best <laughs> yeah. redirect this towards paying more people so i still don't yeah. make any more money i well, i've like, seen the the I think the interesting ones I've seen, which I don't know how reasonable it is. I've seen like uh, people do multiple editors for one particular yeah. video. So you can kind of, uh, and I, I think that a lot of it is done as more of an intern basis. The idea is that you're giving someone the opportunity to make, uh, to edit a small chunk. So it's not like you're asking them to do an entire video for free. You can yeah. uh, mitigate mitigate the mor morality there by having a lot of people do m small chunks of it, but all of them are getting the not not necessarily just exposure, but you don't have to you you pay like a smaller amount because they're doing less work for less yeah. amount of time. Um, and then in the interim, they're like you you can get a style or you can get a feel for how all these people edit your stuff, and then you can kind of have a 
revolving around of people that you would choose to work with. It's kind of like getting commissions from a bunch of different artists and seeing yeah. how all of them respond to that kind of work. And then you go like, yeah, this guy and this guy are consistent, but this guy and this guy are kind of wild. And this guy doesn't even know what he's doing. You know, like you could just, yeah, it, it there's like a lot of different approaches to it. But I, I do agree with like the way that Keith says is like, I think, I think there's definitely a lot more, uh, <laughs> I think unless you're making videos like say Mr. Beast, where each video is guaranteed to get millions of views, the only issue is about the time you have to create that content or like, uh, what's his face? I can't remember his name now. Logan Markiplier? Paul, like the, I, or, no, no, like just, uh, like people who, that is people kind of thing, entire, yeah. like people, yeah, your entire when people think of the idea of having an editor, they're thinking about in most cases, these companies big, that make oh, produced for, yeah. content yeah. and millions oh, of dollars yeah, like are a on line the line. Oh yeah, like a line of tech tips where it's yeah. like they yeah, have yeah, a yeah, style and they have employees. And, yeah, yeah, these no. giant YouTube channels that have like a they have an overall voice and they have a like they have a a star performer of some kind, but then they have like an editing team and a camera crew and like they have a, a staff of people. And the alternative yeah. example that are people thinking of are people like Fluke Husky or other people that like make one video a week where they kind of like hang out and fuck around in front of the camera and answer questions or discuss yeah. or tell a story or something and then they hand it off to an editor to then make it more entertaining just like, like trim and, it like, into yeah, something more the watchable and, they, and they'd make some editing jokes and that person that is do is likely treating youtube as a side thing at that point like like fluke has a job and just happens to make yeah. youtube videos and so he just like hangs out and records for a little while and they're like okay editor i don't know save this fix it <laughs> and, yeah, then, like so, and then that person essentially runs it all yeah and those, one of the and those are often uh, the kinds of people that can oh. that can pay someone to make a thumbnail for every video and it's just like a yeah. whole project like and, the, and a similar alternative is when somebody is just a streamer and all they do is stream yeah yeah there's someone yeah, I was about to say streamers yeah and there's somebody who, whose job it is to make the weekly youtube video for them because they don't yeah. run the but YouTube I think at all. The games... Sorry, oh, go ahead. That was everyone at once. It's terrifying. Oh, no, just... <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, for the streamer angle, I think a big reason that that exists is because I think a lot of the YouTube aspect of it, so like the YouTube is just turned into like a social media project. It's there just to promote the stream. And the yes, idea yep. is that the the YouTube channel is theoretically not even run by them in that sense. It's just here's the video. I'm going to give you like 12 hours of video of footage. Yeah. yeah, here's like 12 hours of video footage. I'm going to have an editor edit it all, make the thumbnails, upload it to YouTube. And they just basically get paid by that channel. Like that's yeah. their entire yeah. income is this channel that they're running that I'm just creating a huge and content dump content for. for. That's just like, meant yeah. To, yeah, it's yeah. just meant and, to promote their main income source. And that's totally reasonable. I think that's probably like the ideal way to go about it if you're a more if you equitable way yeah. yeah if you can consistently output like hundreds of hours of content that's worth it like if you're you know like i i feel i feel bad for editors for like say one trick uh channels like say uh an overwatch streamer it must be incredibly yeah. annoying to get like 15 hours of overwatch so matches <laughs> and have to like pick out audit like the most interesting things because like you, yeah, you can I, see I that they would at like, least be like here's some of the cool stuff that happened check out those ones yeah like i, I think, had a good I, match I think a lot of them do or whatever if you know i've i've been yeah. watching imong in particular and he does this thing where he alt tabs out of uh, a lot of even mid game he alt tabs out of the game and types stuff up 
And I don't know if he's communicating <laughs> with oh my God. And stuff. <laughs> but uh, he it definitely doesn't need to do that. If he, I know he has a stream deck, he can just press a button and yeah, you can press a button. I think he's taking notes. I'm pretty sure at least sometimes he's taking notes for his editors to be like terrible. Just like mid fucking like so I think five fifty. That was a really good play of the game. Like at first I thought he was just chatting to other people like in in Discord or whatever because you know that's normal. But he does that so often that I like, mm, I don't know. And th- yeah. I, I mean, that's something I would do. And that's something I do even like in my streams. Uh, so mo- all of the, all the, all of my YouTube footage is streamed first and then I edit it into a let's play. And I, yeah. I like, I, I talk out loud and say, Hey, no to editor. Who is me? So I don't say the, who is me part. I say no to editor, uh, sync up this dialogue or, um, uh, like cut out my last comment because it was bad or whatever. Like there's so many <laughs> <laughs> there's things in advance that i that i think of and say out loud even in a stream uh that i know i have the luxury of editing out and yeah. uh like that and that it can apply to rants that i say <laughs> I exclusively made, do like, that as a joke and i never edit it <laughs> well as a joke it's getting work it's literally well. always like editor editor make it make it so that i want it on the first try just skip to that skip to that part please <laughs> Well, like well, in the, well in yeah. that case though, like I mean, the, Colonel's get, finish, getting to something just here. Just my shot, my uh, my thought. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. for some, and at least for me, uh, for some games, I think it wouldn't save time to have an editor because the amount yeah. of communication that you have to have needs mm-hmm. to it's it, it's too it's too much and like you can exactly. cut out oh, yeah, on no. that communication by just having the same person do the editing. And, there, and it's so up to debate to debate like what even you do keep or remove from a let's mm-hmm. play like there's the idea yep. of like do you authentically show what the game is and be honest about it or do you cut any part that you think is too tedious or a, a lull in yeah. the action yeah. and and does doing that uh <clears throat> reduce the impact of what the game is even like like what they even like about the game like people yeah yeah like there's people who complain in my fallout series that i started doing some of the inventory management between episodes <laughs> that's wild <laughs> like they're like what the fuck yeah, i wanted to watch so that there's people that like, oh my god see you I sit finally... in the menu for 30 minutes piece of shit all the way back Show in Dragon Age inquisition in like 2014 <laughs> there were people who were so excited when i finally did crafting on camera of my gear <laughs> instead of doing all the that's boring so menu stuff off camera like Bro, and there's just this question of like are wild. those the real fans that are going to stick around and keep watching no. and you need to and you should cater to them yeah. or should you tr- yeah, those are people all, that are going to be in should, the silo yeah, trim all these people don't even bother with them yeah or do you trim all these things that these people like because it's ruining it for everyone else or like what which parts experience of these like slower games do you keep like should i be editing every 30 minute fallout episode into a 10 minute uh like highlight reel yeah. because it's such a slow paced game like what is the correct answer well that's a that's a good point that's an interesting point that you bring up though because like so in my in my last of us playthroughs right like i'm playing hudless on grounded and yeah. that's like oh. just the gimmick of that playthrough and what yeah. that means is like one Okay, so like I'm there to showcase what a game, how different this game is, even from playing the regular hardest difficulty when you turn off the HUD, because it changes the way the game is played entirely, Um, because you can't rely on guns nearly as much and things, it becomes much more of a close range game and very stealth oriented and tactics oriented. Um, And what people don't realize is like kind of twofold. One, The Last of Us is a very good game for cutting content out of because when you die it hard cuts to black and the audio cuts out 
So I can mm. get to a point and die, and then I have a hard point to cut. So what the audience doesn't see is that a video that might be, you know, s- you know, 60 minutes long <laughs> with multiple deaths in it was actually me spending eight hours getting through something on and like learning this process of like, OK, I am going to run to the right and encounter this enemy here at this point, take them out, and then I can immediately dive behind cover, and, like, the enemy that's going to come there is not going to notice me. Pilcher's a fake gamer. Well, there's a lot of trial and error to that, and there's a lot of understanding that goes into it, and, like, I've gotten much better at these games as I've gone on. As I've said before, like, I've beaten them on their hardest difficulties before, so this is, like, not a... It, it, I'm not completely going in blind, but there are moments that are that are truly puzzles. And I keep in a lot of me understanding and figuring out, you know, little nuances there. But there's also just the the realistic aspect of re- recording a game like this. where like the purpose of this playthrough is not for people to see me die 45,000 times, because after a certain point, my commentary just becomes like. A checklist like i'm sitting there and i go okay i know this this life is a test life so i will yeah, be like all right i like yeah. i like walk through a door and be like all right enemy on the right kill him dive behind cover okay he's gonna walk over here i have six seconds now i'm gonna walk this way uh got him okay now i have to deal with enemy four and enemy seven over here because i've like mapped it all out in my head and i go upstairs oh and i was yeah. headshot fuck like i'm dead <laughs> You know, and like 90, like literally it doesn't matter how much people might like me or my content or might like The Last of Us. No one wants to watch me get stuck on fucking the Pittsburgh financial district in Last of Us Part One grounded hudless. Or for do they? Hours. Like truly no. <laughs> like it is yeah. it's very yeah. frustrating What's difficult content for those to watch? unabridged boss fight videos where like I'm here for the story arc. <laughs> I'm here for the grind. I'm here to watch the pain but and the, then thing, the final catharsis. I, I could under I could kind of understand be- that, but yeah, like that's that's a huge motive like demotivator yeah. for me playing games like Hitman or anything, which I would love to do, but like I'm yep. not gonna spend like six no, hours like I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to, that, that's a point when you would need an editor. That would be a great yeah, time yeah. to have an editor. Cause then I can say here, like 45 hours of me playing Hitman two, I need you to make this down oh, to yeah. five hours. It's like and my, yeah. my idea that, for playing like... the new Hitman trilogy pack thing is to get together like four players and we each take turns playing each level. And the rule is you can't solve the level the same way as any of the previous players. But that's oh, such God. like that <laughs> oh, idea. Cool. That could is, be really fun. That sounds that's, fun, but that would be a lot yeah. of editing. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a lot yeah. of editing. It's a lot of commitment to play this long game a slow way. But like those games, it, it feels like I'm missing something if I just play through the game. Like yeah. you just yeah, go yeah, beat all the missions the because the whole core of Hitman is supposed to be the variability of the missions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like but, playing every level once seems pointless. It seems like a fun idea to like cycle through different people. But then there's the question of like one, how long am I gonna make this this one group of people hang around this one game <laughs> for like a yeah, year or whatever? But then there's the issue of like uh, <laughs> these like like yeah, like do you edit down each experience significantly because of the fact that there's a lot of repetition and like the setup to that? And then so does it take two hours to record a thirty minute episode? Like is that what it becomes in the long term? And yeah, that is kind of the question. Yeah. Is like like when this person said, uh, "It sounds like hiring an editor is only really for saving time instead of money." And at that point, it seems no, more like I don't think so. it's more for people who have other sources of income. Uh, on that question, like for let's plays, 
it's relatively hard to use an editor to save time. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 you really completely. do have to be like, it, 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 you have to have a project that does involve a lot of editing, like the equivalent of like these, like these neocranium or up is not jump style videos that are just like, oh, I yep. played a 20 hour game, but I condensed it into a 20 minute video or something like that would be a lot of editing. Uh, yeah. But outside of that context, doing a normal let's play, you're still keeping the majority of the stuff and there's relatively little editing per episode most of the time, aside from when I'm getting stuck in puzzle games all day and trying to figure out how to fix the pacing. Uh, yep. That like, there's not that much for them to do on average. So just the process of well, depends on like the, managing the your files, style. maintaining a relationship with another person, communicating with them, receiving the files, reviewing the files and all this other stuff is more time consuming than just doing it yourself. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Also well like that's what I was kind of lot of money you getting don't have. out. Is like some games in in situations lend themselves to that and other games don't. Like it's just like it's hard yeah, yeah, to yeah. edit and to decide what is good and what is not to to put into a video so you're going to spend but, a lot of time working with someone on that stuff. You raise the it, question yeah, it, of well, you raise the issue of of the dialogue or the commentary that you do in yep. test runs and stuff. Like that's so that's so like that applies only to certain games. Like Elden Ring for me was one of those where exactly one of my yeah. favorite fights was the uh, that big beetle bull thing into, on top of a huge mountain. Forget the yep. name. The and, uh, that beast. fight, yes, that fight took me like two hours to beat, and uh, yep. I, I learned it very well and all that. I was I was stuck on a very specific type of play of build, so I, you know it wasn't easy. But um, by like halfway i had some commentaries that i wanted to go through or to get through i had some things that i wanted to say and i was waiting and i was ba I, there were like three different runs where i said the same thing and yeah only i do that on the a third lot one in the last of yeah. us <laughs> because only on the third one did i actually do something interesting in the in the fight it wasn't even about dying early it was just like sometimes the fight yeah. is boring and it's not you know it's not worthwhile well, it's like it's trying to figure out what you want to keep in as well. Like, and again, yeah, as I said, yeah. like it depends on the game that you're playing and if it's if it lends itself to this. But like in my Last of Us 2 uh, playthrough, there are moments where it's like, I know I can do this. I just need to play perfectly. I need to execute. Right. So I will die. I'll get up to the point where I think I'm going to make it and I'll have said a bunch of interesting stuff and then I'll die. And then I'll be like, OK, I need to present to the video the information I just presented, make it sound natural but also like understand internally that I already said all of this stuff. So it's like, all right, that last take was a bad take. I don't think it's insincere. Yeah. I don't think it's faking the video. It's just like, I need to remember to point out like, for example, like I die in the last of us, I get to a checkpoint. Usually in my own monologue, I'm saying like, oh, okay, we have a checkpoint now. And even though I know that we have a checkpoint and I die, I know that I'm going to cut out that death because it's just useless footage. So no matter what, after that death, every single time I respawn, I just end up saying to myself like, okay, we have this checkpoint now because I know that eventually in the final cut in however much time it's going to be, that will be new information for the audience. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, in some games, you don't need to edit out all those deaths. You don't need to edit out that content. But it also brings into question what you want to do with these videos. If I'm just playing Elden Ring and Dark Souls, I'm not going to edit out every death. It's not really a big deal for me to be like, all right, we haven't like I, my commentary there isn't going to be that special. So I can just leave that shit in. It's fine. But for Last of Us Grounded Hudless, I'm trying I'm trying to show people what the game looks like and how you approach it in this 
section in, in, in this in this style, you don't want to like it's just not conducive to the goal of the video to leave in 45 minutes of me not being masterful at the content, you know, uh, yeah. and it's just it's one of those things where you have to really balance that. Like I'm watching um, right now, I, 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 I was thinking of Tomb Raider one. And I was like, ah, I don't want to replay it again. I'm just going to watch a 100% All Secrets gameplay long play walkthrough thing on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, it's very obvious that there's cuts that the person, you know, it's not a single speed run of the game. But the yep. final the final result is a speed run 100%. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a segmented run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's just some cuts here and there. But it's it, it really is just down to how you want the what the end result is no it's not like it is a, a a creative decision on the part of the let's player and it, it yeah. doesn't have to be as wild as that time i i cut out all the combat from fallout 3 in the <laughs> that's let's what play. i was thinking about <laughs> we're talking well, about ending projects just... you fucking you just every yeah. time you got into a fight just just get, cut it out and it's seamless wild. people didn't people were like why why do you not fight why are the super mutants docile what's going on because I, I like I was making a point in that time in that uh, in that let's play, but it could be th simple other th simple things like for example, uh, something I do a lot is I I know in advance that I can just cut out all of the travel time, so I just treat it as yeah. fast travel. I just like yep. uh, the quest sends you oh now you need to go ten minutes away from here and I, I I actively just say no I can fast travel and fade to black and and and, do, and you know do the YouTube shenanigans, but that's you know. That's that's where the communication comes in. I think if if you have an editor for that sort of stuff, you need to. It needs to build a. You need to build a working relationship that will take longer than actually just doing it yourself. Yeah, I feel. And that's literally that is the opportunity cost, right? Like that's the time you have to put time in up front with an editor, and then who knows how long they'll be there, right? Like that's the other concern is like if you oh, form yeah. a channel identity or a or a you know editor identity or even like a partnership right like that's what it is if you're doing a video essay in some sense like getting an editor to edit that is also asking them to devote a bunch of time and be dedicated to this topic you want to talk about because they're going to be watching the same content so that they know how to edit it you know uh, editing an echo video essay for example is not as simple as just getting like eight hours of footage of keith talking and then just putting it in the order that makes sense it's like that also precludes the editor spending 50 hours playing all of the roots of echo so that they have an understanding of what the hell he's talking about and then it also means they need to invest whatever time they need to understand the text so that they can edit it as well and like that's its own you know the it's complicated stuff that's, it's, thing. it's stuff that's hard to casually engage with it's like how like my dad used to be work out of a shop self-employed and it was not a good setup but he would he didn't <laughs> want to hire anybody because whenever he did like there it was just as likely Give that instead of work. saving time yeah. he they would finish their shift he would look at their work and he'd have to like then spend the next day fixing what they did <laughs> instead yeah. and yeah. so yeah. it's like literally the death of progress but they're still but that person is still entitled to their pay and everything like you don't just you can't just not pay them course, but yeah. also like they might just they might actually make your life worse even like it's 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 rough yeah, it. like you, being a YouTuber means I'll, doing almost of all of it yourself until you're a millionaire. I haven't watched Linus Tech Tips in a while, so I don't know how things are uh, these days. I don't but know I remember, who he is. like, uh, it's a big tech technology. Yeah, channel. The, probably the biggest tech channel on YouTube. 
And and Linus, mm-hmm. the like the head person, the founder of the ch- of the channel, he uh, a couple of years back, he had some videos talking about like he worked his ass off more <laughs> than now that he had so many people working for him than before. Not, yeah. I mean, part of that is because well, yeah, you got to maintain uh, that. Yeah. Well, he yeah, went from being a YouTuber is... to like a CEO yeah. of a company. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So part of it is just, of course, the quality that you have to keep raising. I mean, the videos are better, 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 right? So that also, of course, is going to increase the, the the work time. But it's it's also, I think, just managing people is always going to be such a huge part of of um, of any any company, small or big. And and it is big. Like uh, there's a reason why startups are valued for their growth capabilities. Because you yep. have a company that starts out as a 20 people and two years later has 200 and two years later has 2,000. That is really difficult to pull off. Not just in terms of keeping the, the you know, profit or, I mean, startups don't work on profit, but, uh, or not necessarily, but not keep, keeping the work coming, but also just managing people. Because those 20 people from the beginning are so important, but they're dwarfed from, from by the new people that show up. Yeah. And, and this, you know, of, of, obviously that's hyper growth, but, Anytime anybody is hired is is just like, yeah, it's a it's a lot of work. It's it is a lot of work. We got another question, a really fun one, uh, one that I think Colonel and I are really well positioned to answer. <laughs> but uh, Positron asks, if you had a 1998 PC with you in a remote hut, which game would you take with you? Would you do anything else other than turn on a computer in a remote hut after gaming as a job for years? Uh, this is rough because 1998 is like one of the PC game. Oh, I know exactly <laughs> yeah. what games I would have. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> Colonel. I, I feel like I know what games Colonel's gonna pick. <laughs> yeah, so it depends on what part of 1998. Well, I get it's not about 1998 games. It's, you know, it's games that can be played on that kind of computer. Sure. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and so if I, if you if I can go first, basically that's the. I, I started playing computer games at around that time, maybe 97 a little, but properly 98 on my cousin's computer. He had a Pentium 3, I think, at the time. Yeah, and a, 2 or 3. And a Riva TNT 2, I think, the graphics card <laughs> oh, wow. that he upgraded and stuff. Bro, uh, I bet you only had like fucking 128 megabytes of RAM. What a fucking... Yes. That would be a lot more. back then. That would have been what a, a horror, crazy dude. gaming computer. You had 120. Come on, man! You needed at least 256 to play EverQuest in like 2000. No, no, no. 256 has... is Pentium Four time. No, yeah, Pentium Three. That, yeah, that's yeah. like 2004 RAM. Yeah, yeah. Nah. I mean, my first computer had 512 uh, megabytes. Yeah. It was a Nathlon XP 2600 oh, wow. plus, 2.03 <laughs> gigahertz. Let's go. <laughs> no, but uh, let's not. No, we're talking games here. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's but the answer is very easy because it's just the games that I played at the time uh, that I know work and I have nostalgia and love for, which would be Fallout One and Two, Baldur's Gate One and Two, Starcraft, GTA One and Two, more, more GTA Two, um, uh, Crazy Taxi. Oddly enough, I would I, that game that was fun. I spent so long. So so was so Crazy many Taxi hours. on PC? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, at that time. Well, we're not. Talk- yeah, we're just not talking. I'm talking like games that the computer can play, not necessarily uh, at the time, because you know, Fallout Two only came out late '98, and uh, Starcraft, the expansion, also came out in '98, I think. 
and then yeah. Diablo, and I would um, and uh, let uh, perhaps the most important one because it's actually difficult to play these days. The Sims one. With all oh yeah, the Sims one is a bit. It would the be a Sims big one. one? <laughs> it would be. Yeah. Uh, I was just. I I wouldn't. Yeah, but I wouldn't play the Sims one without mods. There's no way I never played with like vanilla. Just had vanilla the what, dude? The mods for Sims just, one just were the, the best. Vanilla Sims I'm, I'm sure. is so bad. I just didn't have like, internet. I couldn't do. I could barely do the expansions, let alone. Let there alone were so many else. furniture mods for Sims One. It was insane. Oh, yeah. I could. I remember going on like these weird ass websites and being yeah, and mod the just, Sims. Like, mod the Sims. Yeah, there's home. like here's here's like 15 different. Uh, furniture packs that like i yep. they're free they're free here you go enjoy them and you're like oh, these are amazing furnitures it's just what a what a yeah. weird time i think my re Seems first real pc game was age of empires 2 which didn't come out until 1999 Ooh. so 1998 only really knew about that weird jurassic park demo disc thing <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> Where you I like, know what you're talking about. The one where yeah. you like went through like a museum and then like a jeep section and then a part where a running T-Rex demo video turned into a skeleton with googly eyes like that it's... entire that entire video <laughs> like that entire game thing which I think you can find in a browser site somewhere now I think I'm did I do a let's try of that I thought about it because I, I tracked it down I mean, like an archive site somewhere archive. It was, I was just very amused by it uh yeah that was a weirdly terrifying game for a child. It was just so <laughs> it was like old, uncanny graphics crossed with a lot of yeah, a lot of other creepy Bless ideas. Like it was just the game was really unnerving. And going back to it still was weird to me. Although I also like, I also remember playing. I played like Mist for like five minutes, and it was Ooh. and it was incomprehensible to me on my grandma's computer yeah, once, and that also scared me. Yeah, Mist, Mist had a really weird atmosphere as a child who knew nothing about the world or video games. Yeah, because uh, it a is lot of so alien. <laughs> a lot of PC games had like an uncanny aesthetic to them that was really unnerving as a kid when you were used to looking at like creepily still and quiet. Games. Yeah, yeah. I did think not like them. If I had to pick, if I had to pick something from back then. You know, the, if if I had to pick just from 1998, like there are obvious like big ones like Fallout, Fallout 2, Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, you know, it, moving forward to stuff that like could be played on a system like that, like Planescape Torment is it would be one that I would like to keep. But honestly, around that time, 1998 was such a huge, like historically important year for video games. So, truly, so many incredible video games came out in 1998. Yeah, uh, my favorite JRPG of all time came out in 1998. That's Panzer Dragoon Saga for the Sega Saturn. Um, tons of really important fighting games came out just like right around that time. I think Third Strike was 1999. Uh, Dark Soccer 3, uh, Vampire Savior came out in 1998. Um, so, like, the question of if Metal I only Gear had a 1998. Solid. Metal Gear Solid, exactly. Ocarina, Ocarina of Time. The first one came out in 1998. Yep. Starcraft. Yeah. Yep. The first Grand Solid Fandango. came out in 1998. Thief. Um, yeah, but these are Baldur's these are games on a PC though. These are all games yeah. that you can't have on a yeah, PC. Yeah. So Baldur's the Gate then. Yeah, Baldur's, yeah, Baldur's yeah. Gate you could have on a PC for sure, but Half the uh, but yeah, well. that's. I think the issue is like making making the choice between PC games really limits it. Um, yeah. There there wasn't much. Yeah. 
it also depends on if I have people there, right? Like, does this PC have an have an internet connection? If so, like, yeah, yeah. like I could spend a lot of time playing Half Life Deathmatch or like Team Fortress Two or something. Oh, or Team Fortress. Yeah, P- but then PC, like the PC players at you'd... least have uh, Half Life, Starcraft, and Fallout Two, and Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, if you look at, like, well, I mean, another opportunity is, Trope like, if two. this is just 1998 <laughs> anything, you know, like, fuck that. I'm getting a Darkstalkers cab. And if I have someone else there with me, we're playing Darkstalkers till the end of days. Like, I am I, fighting games could last you forever. So it just, it just depends <laughs> yeah. on what what the circumstances mm-hmm. are. But that, yeah, that would be my pick is probably any of the great the great PC RPGs that came out at the time just as well because of their their depth and their their replayability. It's the depth is surprisingly shallow, though. So I think particularly more for for Baldur's Gate than for Fallout. Yeah, but uh, 1998 video games. Let me pick one that I probably would like a lot. Um, But uh, like multiplayer is tricky because we that's where things have evolved the most. Like, for example, uh, Half-Life 2, like if you go play the original Counter-Strike or I think in 98, it might have been only Day of Defeat or something like that um uh it's it just it it's bad it's a bad time it's a really bad time like i i think or unreal tournament the original one they're fun for a little while but then like you're, you're used to so much better okay so i would for sure i think I games are sure different have I uh i would have hot wheel stunt track driver it's a great one um mm-hmm. pretty pretty good experience there uh, let me see. What else do I have here? I would probably also have uh, Genome. I think Genome was really dumb. I think that was 98, right? What was that? Genome I didn't con- constrain yeah, myself. So Genome, to, Genome to would be there. Um, well, I'm thinking of not stuff that's past 98. I'm thinking of anything right. that's 98 and, and before, which isn't a lot, but... Uh, Oh, Roller Coaster Tycoon is 99. Very close. I would have had Roller Coaster as well. Hunt Challenge. No, I'm not looking at lists. I probably should. I, there's, not, like, there's not a lot of games. I'm trying to think of like when I was younger, I, I spent a lot of time doing management sims. I don't know why. I thought I was going to be like, a CEO of like literally every single field of fucking business. Like I have every sim game. I have Sim City. I have Sim Isle. Sim Safari. Sim uh, Streets of Sim City. Sim Copper. Sim Tower. Sim City Classic. Sim Sk- wow. or Ski Resort Tycoon. Fast Food Tycoon. Zoo Tycoon. Mall Tycoon. Like, <laughs> like what the fuck? What was I gonna be? I was gonna be like a fucking business owner for an entire country. Like, what is this? I don't know why I own every <laughs> single simulation game. I you think my parents just hoped that. I, I guess I miss my calling. I do feel really indignant when I see things poorly run because I feel like I could probably do it better just with a lot oh, of... Oh, we uh, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so I, that's, that's where that came from. It's because I literally was really good at every single sim game on the planet, so I have an indignant CEO attitude towards everything. The, uh, I would probably... Probably gives you more life skills than most actual edutainment games. That's probably true. I, I you're I, like I think I used I think to freak out my my elementary school teachers by being able to pronounce like Tignoctitlan and stuff and knowing about things because of Age of Empires. Yeah, I had the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Diablo. I would have Diablo. Diablo was out in 98. I uh, Diablo 1. Yeah, Diablo. Yeah, yeah, Diablo 1's fine. Diablo would have some great Diablo lines. Too, though. You don't you don't remember the the iconic 
Ah, fresh meat. I've only I've only played Diablo one once for like an hour for Let's Try, and I'm like, why am I? You can't run? Oh no! <laughs> oh my god! Nothing is more funny than when you go up to a barrel and you're like, look at all these barrels, and you hit one and a skeleton pops up, and you're like, uh oh, <laughs> like wait a second, I didn't want an encounter right now. <laughs> like, fine. Why is Silence on music easy. playing around this barrel? Yeah, it's it's like great. Like you're low on health, and you're like, oh, I know there's gonna be food in here, and you hit it, and a skeleton's like, hi. You're like. Huh. Like, what are you doing in, there? In, no, in barrels? No. Uh, you would get uh, you get health potions. So there would be yeah, health, potions health potions inside of yeah. uh, inside of the barrels. And so, but sometimes there'd be skeletons, which you don't want when you're looking for health. You're not particularly <laughs> like, yeah, I want to fight when I'm low on health. Um, there was a lot of fun because it had that stupid, it had that really dumb, uh, like limited field of view because it's such an early game. And so there's like these points where you could definitely walk off and uh or like wall like basically uh, hallways you can go down you can go down a hallway and not realize that there's a lot of people coming after you because you you just like you just didn't turn the corner long enough to know how many people there are so you would go down a corner and be like oh, okay i don't want to go that way and you walk around and then like just out of nowhere you'd have like three people coming after you and you're like i didn't even know i didn't even know those people in this room i didn't go into it enough to even see them but they know i'm there and now they're coming after me um Diablo one's a great experience. It's like now Diablo's so boring, but before it used to be such a threat. Like every moment of your life was a threat. Um, <laughs> now you are played, a threat to everything. I played the be the beta for Diablo four, and I I'm so disconnected from my experience back in the day when I played Diablo two at infinitum, like soul single like solo found completely single player, no no multiplayer yeah. whatsoever. And uh, not following any meta builds whatsoever at all, ever. Yeah. And just figuring it out all, all by myself. Like, that just, that's not even what people were playing the game like back then, let alone how they are playing Diablo 3 or Diablo 4. So yeah. It's just like, that's, that experience doesn't... Doesn't really exist anymore. Doesn't exist, yeah. But Diablo 2 is my mother's favorite game until Resident Evil 4 came out. So I, I have like thousands of hours in Diablo 2. That's definitely uh, one that I could just like lose. I could lose time into just because. Oh, Caesar, Caesar 3 came out as well. Sorry. Um, so I'm trying to, I, I guess realistically, I would probably end up having like a shit ton of retro games. I, I'm trying to remember now. And I think like, I mean, by definition, like man, centipede. <laughs> like yeah. uh well no i'm just saying like yeah by definition but i meant like i i meant i meant to say arcade games i would have like a lot of arcade games in there um because i played a lot of them growing up by force like that was what i was forced to play a lot and so um yeah so like i think yeah like that would probably be the majority of the games i would probably boot up with would be those just because they're they're also very high replayability like Galaga, Pac-Man, Centipede, uh, Missile Command. Those are games that you can just keep playing over and over again for a pretty long period of time. It's kind of like how old people play Solitaire. It's the same kind of concept. <laughs> you're not, you're, you're kind of just doing something that you feel comfortable with doing, but it's not actually taking a lot of your bandwidth to do it. Like you don't have to yeah, invest like something a lot to do your... with your hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you're keeping your brain going, but you're not overworking it. Like you're tired, you're exhausted. You don't need to do that kind of work anymore. So you're going to do something that's still fun, but isn't going to tax your like capacity to think. You're not going to exhaust yourself by the time it's like lunchtime. Um, it's like top 500 players in Overwatch play. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> top 500 <laughs> players are top 500 players are like wasting too much of their precious limited time on this. No, way, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm thinking. kidding. The uh, it's but it those those are types of games that you can also, I think, are also uh, what's the word? It, they're easy to bring other people into too. So if you're not alone on the in the world, at least you could be like, here, play this game. Let's go for high score. I guess there's like something to do with them. I don't know. I guess Pac-Man has a multiplayer option. You could just play two players in Molt and Pac-Man. But those are those are the types. I think is there. I mean, really, the fight will just be getting the stupid operating system to load anything fast enough for you to want to. Windows play ninety-eight. With its yeah, I mean your your attention background. span your attention span is probably the biggest threat to you because just booting it up takes forever. Completely. Yeah. People don't know what they they have today. People are. No, they don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've spent I've spent previous podcasts and like Overwatch stream times complaining about how frustrating Windows 11 has been for me right, lately, but like we don't remember how good we have it now because like you know back in the day Windows 98 had almost no bloatware on it by comparison and still took six minutes to start up yeah. while you yeah. waited for the computer to just load. The downtime of old video games, not even that old of video games. Like I remember playing Oblivion on the 360 and 50% of my playthrough was just watching that progress bar slowly move and mostly oh, sit yeah. still. Well, it's it's what? weird because like nowadays From people loading? are like, yeah. yeah, load screens. Really? People easily load easily half your time In playing Oblivion? Oblivion is just fucking waiting for yeah. the game to load no, every time you had... open any door or go anywhere. You must have had a, your computer must have been below I said 360. No, yeah, no way. on the console, right? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yes. You used to just wait for video the games PC experience, forever. <laughs> the PC experience on a like a three-year-old computer at the time was like amazing. It was super fast. <laughs> Everything was so fast. Well, the, I, the thing too, I, though, yeah. is that like people, we've only been without loading screens, quote unquote, for like we still, not we even still a generation. They still exist, of course. Yeah. But like people will be like, bro, I had to wait 40 seconds to like respawn in, in a game. It's um, These loading screens are unbelievable. And it's like, dude, have you ever like saved a game on a PlayStation 1 JRPG? Because like <laughs> making a save Every... file in Final Fantasy IX takes 45 seconds. <laughs> like, yeah. the, the screen isn't even on a progress bar. You're just sitting there hoping it didn't break. <laughs> like... Even without the actual act of saving taking time, the, the surrounding menus being so time consuming, uh, even when I'm playing yeah. like an emulator on PC, make me not want to, like I actually, I genuinely do like mental, like, opportunity cost math in my head of like is it worth stopping to save i have to sit through i have yeah. to click i have to click through like six menus to do it because it's like a silent yep. hill game or something like is it worth it is it worth or like saving silent right hill is a good example you you press the the start button to pull up the menu and there is like five seconds of black before the menu actually fades into <laughs> the game yeah. like wow. you know like people just like don't have the patience for that sort of thing because they're so used to things happening quickly but it also, I mean, this gets into a kind of cool topic, which is just like the way we interact with games and like what we're used to has changed. But it like doesn't, it's like there's like a completely different pace of video gaming now. Even 
with like slow analytical introspective art games nowadays like those experiences go by so much more quickly than they used to and the way that we think about them and the amount of time we have to actually sit with them is drastically different than it used to be um because you know you just literally had to spend more time playing them because they were slower and and had more downtime and we used to really cherish that like that was like part of the atmosphere of a game was like just how how much time you had to literally spend in it and nowadays because there's so much coming out and because there's so little attention span we're just trying to get through everything as quickly as possible and in some cases that makes a game better but i yeah i think our lives are different but all but it's not just about attention span it's also the uh, the stories that the games told at the time. When I say stories, I don't. It's, it's, that's not what I mean. Like the the place they occupied in our minds, at yep. least the, in my experience, was very different because yes. games were more newer and a newer medium, and the the opposition, uh, the new things that you could do in gaming in comparison to everywhere else, like in what you saw in movies or or what uh, you had in, in books or whatever. Um, yeah, and so because because of that, we were just okay with with uh, with you know ha- spending a whole afternoon messing around with with a file editor or map editor yeah. for StarCraft two and not do anything anyway. I mean that that still happens, but it's for sp- like it's for specific games and I think specific people even. Yeah, it, it, in general, it's just games have to compete with themselves. All, all, for like 20 years they 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 have to show yep. something new these days and that's why that's what happens is they get more efficient at that competing otherwise yeah yeah definitely agree i think i think you're you're onto something there where it's like you know it, it's not even necessarily that games are like self-conscious of the ways they used to be it's just like that's a there good is some some degree of yeah like efficiencies and stuff where it's like okay well maybe maybe we should avoid you know being like this or like taking more time than we need to because we can be more efficient and more masterful um yeah instead of just trying to to forge some sort of new you know forge our way forward in an industry that we know nothing about in a medium that we know <laughs> nothing about back then but like you know it's it's interesting it's a it's a trade-off i've always said you know pe- people I've harped on this. I think I talked about this in the Signalis spoiler cast, but uh, like, I don't really believe in the idea of a game aging poorly. Um, Like I think good games back then are still good games now. Like the thing, like it's not like people back then were cavemen who had low standards and didn't like, like just didn't know what was good. Like Fallout 2 nowadays is still as good as Fallout 2 was back then. It's just you, we, you have to approach it in a different way. A different and a lot of people yeah. don't have that mode with which to approach it. I think that's more of an issue on the player side than it is on the game side. Um, and that isn't to say that like, yeah, some games are old and crusty, but like, it, it's just, it's interesting to look at now because like, we're still like games nowadays still are paying homage and, and paying respects to stuff that was like done back then. And in a lot of ways, there are games from back then that, yeah, they're like covered in the crust and grime of time and, uh, modern efficiencies. Uh, you know, they, think... oh, go ahead. they're still good. From a yeah, gameplay just because a, a game doesn't have a specific feature like auto saves or something doesn't make the game trash. It's just like 
it, yeah it was different they just didn't that wasn't a core That's... priority when they were making the game those are things that you have to like you just had to endure at that time period but the quality of the game doesn't go down because it lacks this one distinct yeah. feature that they didn't invent for the next 20 years sorry about that yeah. like, like the design of the game can still be good and interesting <laughs> yeah yeah that's, the gameplay can but i think the story of any game can age though like i think sure. i think of I, I look at uh we think about contexts right like <laughs> no but i yeah well i don't know it's tricky though because because games in particular do have or have done this thing for uh, they stopped doing it more or less recently where they just copy other mediums and pretend that it's brand new like for example a game that i enjoyed a lot um uh, uh is it godfather what's the name of that mafia uh, mafia yeah mafia one uh mafia one mm -hmm. was just a rehash of movie tropes and so yeah. many kids uh, like my, like me when I played it, uh, we saw that, and we never saw the movies, and it was just like, oh, this game is. Oh, look at all this interesting dynamics, and it's just a rehash. Yeah, like, and and games kept pulling that off, uh, pulling that off for decades. <laughs> they did yeah, that since no, the completely. <laughs> and I think I think that ages though. Uh, uh, that yeah, that, that's the sort of stuff that stops working. And when you go back I and you read, uh. Or, or I suppose the thing is, we're also going back and we're older, so it's difficult for us yeah. to look at something that when we were young, like, oh, this love story is so beautiful, and now we go back and it's just like, oh, no, it's not. It's terrible. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think with part of that, um, but there is, there is something worth noting about that, which is like, you can still tell a story that's been told a thousand times well. And like, of course, some yeah. games didn't, and we were just we were we were just making do with what we had, and it there was just a novelty of like, oh, this is the first thing to do this in a video game, um, and you know something like Mafia maybe struggles with that, um, just being the first sort of cinematic Mafia video game that ever existed that like managed to kind of do it right, but uh, I, I do think you know you can still say like this wasn't that uh, a, like this wasn't a big deal isn't necessarily true because you know there are still games from back then that were amazing back then that still do things better than games that are trying to do that same thing now 100 yeah yeah you know yeah and like i yeah. think about jrpgs as an example i'm not really trying to talk shit about jrpgs but i think an industry conversation right now is that jrpgs currently are sort of a dying genre in the same way that survival horror was in the mid-2000s um, because there aren't as many coming out and they are not hitting their critical acclaim and they're not being embraced by consumers nearly as much as they used to be. Panzer Dragoon Saga was way ahead of its time in 1998. It was an incredible game and it does stuff that like modern JRPGs are still trying to find answers to like on a game design perspective. They're like, how do we solve around random encounters and like making interesting battle systems? And it's like, that's a thing that Panzer Dragoon Saga did. Like, it has those answers. It's just no one followed up on them. It never got internalized. So there's definitely still cool stuff to mine back then. Like, just because it's old doesn't mean that it has been superseded. Um, because in a lot of ways, like, a lot of retro games, that was a weird period of time for gaming where everyone was doing different things. There was no communication between developers. People were just forging into the unknown. And, like, frankly, as a result of that, like, a lot of really cool ahead-of-their-time games got completely lost to time. They just didn't find an audience. And now, because people are not, um, because people are not 
going back to play those old games nearly as much and they're not as accessible and there's a million reasons for it you know there's still some actual hidden gems like games that that people sh- could play and get a lot of enjoyment out of now if they only were able to get over like the lack of an autosave or like the lack of a, yeah. of camera control on your right stick you know like or the game just, just because the game doesn't have that doesn't mean it's not times useful. as fast <laughs> Yeah, no sprint to make you just like fly through the game world. Just just games where like every menu and every bit of movement and every bit of combat just needs to be happening faster. Like, oh my goodness. But th- those games were bad back then as well. Uh, not necessarily as a whole, but like, for example, um, uh, what's that game that has you play? You had a Let's Play, um, Keith, um, like a, a Western sort of JRPG that has enormous... Yeah, uh, I was literally just dialogue. thinking. I was literally just thinking about it because I was about to bring out, bring up Arachnops about like talking or, about Orbital games name? that are completely out of their time, and how weird of an experience it is to play both Kodelka and Anachronox. Anachronox, that's the one that was because like, <laughs> at the time it was com- people complained about it. It's like going back and playing Gothic One and Two. Oh yeah, people complained about the control t- control system back then of Gothic One and Two, like even even simple simpler stuff like Fallout's Fall One and Two, the the sort of right click to change the cursor type. Yeah, back then yep. people were complaining about that because it was just like, you know, you know, it's not very intuitive, but it's the solution that they got well, to to be to allow you to do stuff that other games couldn't. This do, is like, an amazing you know? point, Colonel, because you just reminded me back way back in the day. I think it was the first maybe Medal of Honor. I could be wrong about this, but there it. was one of the first first person shooters ever to use dual stick controls where you control your oh. camera on your right stick and your movement on your left like and that arcade it was game we played torn that only I was apart good at. in reviews <laughs> it was torn apart it was it like was not medal of honor this control was or it was alien it was alien 3 that's what it was and people were like mm. this weird control scheme that's by default will never catch on go into the settings and change it and nowadays if you put someone into a legacy first person shooter controls where you like your it's tank controls and you're moving left and you're turning left and right by moving left and right and then you know can only move forward yeah. and back yeah. like people are like what is this this feels like like mud like people <laughs> I don't were objectively people not then. correct back then <laughs> like people had bad takes the, yeah. back then yeah uh that that has also not changed like it is very possible to to find a game that was you know either lauded or derided back then that is definitely does not hold up and like was just a weird product of its context but But i do you know that's a good point no no, i think you're right Uh, uh, maybe maybe i am over uh, definitely i am over generalizing but i do remember playing medal of honor on the playstation and uh you know i had played shooters on pc and i i did not like the control scheme because it was tank yeah. controls. And it was like, oh, oh, that's cute. But, you know, it works better on two yeah. later. <laughs> it's like part of the puzzle and not as, oh, I'm trying to shoot this Nancy here. Yeah. So. No, I mean, I think that I think that you're right, though, in a lot of respects, though, I guess is what I'm getting at, which is like, you know, things of their time, people did view them through those lenses. Right. And and yeah. it's hard. It's hard to divorce a game's legacy from what people were talking about contemporarily because like a lot of these people aren't going back to look at these games and see what they're actually like in a modern context yeah yeah absolutely Uh, i just enjoyed another question very strange dead ends like like kodelka (laughs) kodelka having fully like mo-capped 
cutscenes oh, performed yeah. by like stage performers that were genuinely giving their all in a PS1 game is a hilarious yeah. contrast and that like cutscenes would not reach that level of quality until like the Xbox 360 era. <laughs> like, yeah. we, we literally went several console generations without getting Kodoko level cutscenes ever again, almost exclusively. Like, because, like, they, like they, were, they were genuinely, like, horribly performed all throughout, like, the entire time I was growing up. So it's finding a game that was, like, 10 years older than when I first saw what I felt like were good performances was just fucking surreal. Yeah. Well, and then uh, that, that's a, that was my experience with Panzer Dragoon Saga. Like that's a game that came out in 1998. That has it's a it's a four disc long JRPG that has full voice acting and motion capture. And that's unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then like, Anachronox is genuinely a, just a baffling, evolutionary, dead end, strange, strange game. Where yeah, it has those impossibly large environments for seemingly no reason that you have to fast forward through because it just takes so long to get around. But like. It was yeah. this giant, sprawling, uh, like, walk-around game that had JRPG turn-based combat, but then most of the story progression was triggered via, like, adventure game gameplay, where you literally toggled into having, like, an adventure game clicky mouse to interact with the environment and use object-on-object object to figure out how to, like, proceed with the story. It was just, yeah, it's just an incredibly strange game. <laughs> I loved I love finding really weird shit like that that just no one really talks about but it's just like a very just odd product. Same. Like I think no, I, 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 cuz I think a lot of people a lot of people shy away from it at the time. Well, specifically yeah. in regards to Anachronox. Like uh, it's like the people who played the, the Psychonauts back then. So many people was like, ah, it's not really my style. But those that did is like, oh, this is a really good stuff. This is a really good game. And I mean, Anachronox maybe not so much, but I I I grew up hearing people say, hey, yeah, Anachronox is really good. You should try it. And then I looked at it and I was like, no, I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we've all been through that. <laughs> or I yeah. just think about how, yeah. like, Spec Ops the Lion got beat to market by, like, 15 years by, like, Silent Bomber, the edgy JRPG yeah. uh, version of Bomberman, where you're, like, you're, you're, like, a terrorist for the state, essentially. And, like, the tutorial has you just following instructions like you always do in tutorials, but it fucking ends the tutorial with you, like, murdering women and children at the order of the state <laughs> because you're following the tutorial, mm. and you just... It just fades to ba to black with, with, like, fire and the screen going black and just, like, a baby crying and then being silenced in a fucking PS1 game that's basically a ripoff of Bomberman, and it's just fucking surreal. And it's like, oh, wild. yeah, you, th you thought the white phosphorus scene was inventive? <laughs> I, I grew up playing this bullshit. Press F to <laughs> that is but then wild. it has yeah. a chess boss that fights you with chess. Because <laughs> it was a PlayStation uh, 1 game, and it was still insane. <laughs> yeah. So we did get another question, and it's just, what is the most annoying game you've Let's Played? I, I know my answer right away. <laughs> what is everyone else's? Jesus. Oh, um, I have one at the top of my mind, but I'm going to think a little bit about it, maybe? That's mine is... Kind? Yeah. Mine is Fatal Frame 4, probably. Oh, okay. 
Fatal Frame 4 was really frustrating and disappointing and just a very bad game to play and not a very good port. Uh, and it was just, it was a bummer. Granted, I've only Let's Played like a few games for the channel. It's not the most annoying game I've ever played, but it was a profoundly annoying experience, especially to stream with a live audience. Because like, mm. boy, is 95% of that game walking at an extraordinarily slow pace. <laughs> That I mean, my go-to yeah. example is always gonna is probably always gonna be Anima Gate of Memories, which is this indie game Not from Alone 2016. No, Alone in the Dark was fucking hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> i would i would not trade uh getting stuck in that driving section for an hour for anything <laughs> that like oh man that's the thing is if, if, if it's if it's if it's if 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 the game being really awful is an incredible experience then i got exactly what i signed up for and even though okay, it's like okay. you losing your mind over the process of it at least there's that but no the the some games are just bad in uninteresting stupid ways and are bad bad dumb dumb and 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 they have a f and they had and their first game uses a colon correctly but their second game has a floating colon where it's not attached to the word before it uh, that's everything <laughs> every, I, I, people people trigger my fight or flight response every time they tell me that anima has a sequel now <laughs> and I'm like, i like i want to escape Oh god. This is one oh. of those rare rare moments where Keith talks about a video game that I've truly just never even heard of. This this thing has completely passed me by. No, Ana Anima Gate of Memories is just an uh, uh, just one of the truly most awful video games that I have ever played. And it's uh specifically it's somebody <laughs> who very clearly played Near and thought Near okay. was neat. And so, but they didn't understand <laughs> anything about why Nier was neat. So they just kind of made an incredibly low quality action RPG where you have a book that talks to you as you proceed through this big grassland from like plot point to plot point. And it's like the, the first image I see of this game upon Googling it is a skill tree that looks like it has 7,000 nodes on yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> and none of it, none of it's interesting or impactful or helpful or good. Uh, Anima Gate of oh, Memories. No. Like every, almost like basically every element of it is bad. Like you play the tutorial mission and you have like a cold open where you fight a witch lady that's gonna come up later more or whatever. And like she fucking has like her microphone, her it's indie, a sequel. Her, her indie voice actor is like has has a clipping microphone. <laughs> like wow. this is, there's a lot going on wrong just in general, but uh, the combat is genuinely awful every second of the game. The platforming is worse, and it's and it does have platforming that you have to get through to get through the game. The art style looks okay at a glance, but it wears thin incredibly quickly. Uh, I don't remember a single bit of the plot, but I'm pretty sure I hated that too. Uh, but like above all else, <laughs> like it's one of those games where when it's bad, it's bad in like brutally uninteresting ways. Where like you get stuck in these boss fights where you just have to keep spam attacking and you just aren't making any headway whatsoever towards killing them and you have to deal with the same attacks over and over again and there like there are boss fights I think I genuinely was in for 10 minutes straight not because I was dying but because it was one attempt of just trying to whittle down this stupid shit boss fight and like 
it's like i don't know what i was doing like i if they wanted me to like grind somewhere in a game that's not about random encounters like i was supposed to just run around and clear the that one green field over and over again for hours to be a higher level or something like i don't know if i was the wrong whatever but it was just an incredibly tedious nightmare experience that i just wanted out of there's it's some of the, one of the first games that made me break my rule about even trying to do commentary where at some points i just like I just sat there and like button mashed on this boss fight for 10 minutes straight in dead silence, just seething. And then finally was like, fuck you when they finally died. And I was like, and I would startle people by suddenly speaking again. Uh, yeah. And it, and like, I would just out of like pain, I would reduce the difficulty down to the easiest difficulty at some point just to get through some of these boss fights faster. And it wouldn't help. Like nothing <laughs> would, nothing would make them die faster. And they just weren't interesting fights. And it was just, a brutally awful game and it was never funny for it so it was just like it, it wasn't even why i would play bad games on purpose it was just a game i made i regretted starting and should have never continued <laughs> and uh it's just it was just it was not worth documenting for post doc, doc, uh, documenting for posterity i should have fucking run fling into the hills like when i played dynasty warriors 9 for an hour a game that truly <laughs> should be forgotten by time yeah <laughs> You haven't privated the videos though yet. No. <laughs> they, this questions like this it. make me mention it, and then somebody else goes back and checks it out, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I don't even want to watch this." <laughs> don't even get the ad revenue for it. They get all curious about it, and they're like, "Never mind." Actually, <laughs> for me, I the the game that was at the top of my mind is the game I, I looked through my list of let's plays, and uh, yeah, Pathfinder Kingmaker. Is the most oh, of annoying. course. I knew it was going to be this one. <laughs> <laughs> and it's annoying for very many reasons, but like the simplest reason is that it, it's a promising game at the start. The uh, the like the writing for for uh, being a game made by non-native speakers uh, is very decent in terms of the, its prose. It's uh, the the introduction of the story is very enticing because it's like all oh, this wild lens and there's this this uh villain there that, that thinks he's the king you're just gonna go in there and do this stuff for your uh for your baron or whatever and uh, and get rid of this this bad person and of course it, you know it's a game based on dungeons and dragons or i mean it's the rule set is not dungeons and dragons but it's the rule set based on dungeons and dragons the pathfinder rule set um so it you know it's it and it's a real time with pause game, so it's always going to have that sort of dynamic of it's a original a rule set made for turn based, but it's a real time with pause game a game, and uh, in that it was very promising. The the first time I played the game, I was like, oh, this it feels interesting because it's a slow paced kind of real time. It it you kind of at the beginning of the game you kind of feel every hit. And you can you can kind of tell where everything what everything is happening, and it's well, this is something that only turn based games kind of pull off in real time. You just sort of like watch the gameplay itself, but Pathfinder Kingmaker wasn't like that at the beginning, and I think I don't I don't think it ever was. It you never really watched the gameplay itself because it's a very difficult game. Pathfinder Kingmaker is, but why the reason why it's annoying is because the story is really about nothing at the end of the day. The stakes are raised time and again <laughs> but it's mostly the same stakes of oh no they're coming for us <laughs> they're gonna kill us and it's, it's they're gonna be harder than the previous ones and uh some some of the characters are super annoying uh and the game just becomes completely 
impossible to beat it to my brain. I cannot beat that game, so I had to cheat to see the ending, and the ending was unrewarding and uh, had all the tropes in there, including things like you're not so different, you and I, or you kill the final boss, and it turns out there is another final boss after that who was actually controlling <laughs> all the things and also has zero things to say. There's, there's no interesting storytelling whatsoever in, in Pathfinder Kingmaker, I feel. There, I mean, maybe that, that's not true. Uh, the, the Tiefling sisters were kind of interesting for a little bit, but then they sort of start. It's that kind of writing. Do you know that kind of writing where the author has this cool idea of in the in the in the the case of the the sisters, like she can't they can't talk to each other because they're inhabiting the same body, and when one goes to sleep or something, I don't remember exactly the details, but they can kind of switch between one and the other, and they just sort of like there's this interesting character, and then they just sort of put the writing in autopilot, and there's no twists, there's no character development, there's yeah. No and the game is totally like that. I, 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 it's been a while now, but I, I remember thinking none of my companions have any, any character development throughout the whole game. And some of yeah. them are, I mean, bless the voice actors because they're doing the best and they're much better at it than I am. Uh, but some of the voice actors are clearly indie, like indie than the others. And some of the, and including like big, big dialogues of the, there's this one barbarian leader that comes from the north. And he just talks forever. Gee, and because it's a let's play, I can't just, you know, mute the PC, read it myself and not get annoyed. No, I had to <laughs> let him record the whole thing. And I was literally just putting my head back on my chair and just closing my eyes and listening because I couldn't I couldn't engage actively because he wasn't saying anything. It was just like the same things. Ah. Mm. So Pathfinder Kingmaker. Uh, we I've rambled about it half yes half hour, yeah I think we've we've hour. talked about it a few times yeah. <laughs> that game is your your you know White uh, my, what yeah. is it Albatross, special enemy in D and D metaphor is <laughs> you get an extra <laughs> you know two to hit against Pathfinder Kingmaker yeah my my favorite enemy oh, oh yeah no. <laughs> got advantage on all stuff. It's tough. I think I've played uh, so I have I have a unique uh modifier on my life which is that I can break anything I touch. So with that modifier there comes a lot of times where playing games can go from experience of like wow this is boring to wow this game is like both boring and actively malicious towards my experience. Um yeah. <laughs> I I think there there's not a lot of times where I think i can genuinely say that i was as mad as i was probably at like cyberpunk was probably the one oh, game where yeah. i was like i i i literally felt like the game existed to punish me like every single waking moment every like i i have nothing but just but recorded proof that that game fell apart at every opportunity it it wanted um yeah. just moments from like cutscenes not like literally emotional cutscenes breaking all the way to things like i gotta get somewhere and watching your car just drive under the ground and you're like i <laughs> I, I don't know why why <laughs> like why it's like this why it's so difficult um but it but on on top of it being as this this fucking nightmare not like awful not running experience it's also just a hollow game there's nothing there there's nothing interesting to to keep you going it's literally just oh it has a skill tree that you can 
theoretically use like a, a, I've streamed it and someone pointed out to me like if you just get these abilities you can just walk through the game like you can just hack these people and then there's an ability that lets those hacks uh propagate to other people nearby so i just made it so that i got the hack that people kill themselves and then that propagates to other people who then all just start doing a cult suicide with one another <laughs> and then i can just walk in and then just kill like the two or three people that are left behind grab the thing and go there's no there's no fucking problem for me and so now that there's no problem i also just get the ability that i can jump really high so now i can just jump over anything any wall any building any problems i can just jump over and now i can just sit there jump in the sky make people kill themselves and then what like what was what am i here for what am i doing like i am systematically <laughs> just walking over this entire city and the whole time i have six people telling me like oh man that arasaka corporation's really a problem like for who for you maybe <laughs> i have no issues in this world i'm literally like unstoppable i'm scarier than like a, a, a psycho in this map like you have those like psychosis people that are like i'm gonna do and i just jump in the air and make them kill themselves and they're like oh, yeah oh <laughs> you know like what's the point and then again you're like okay well at least there's a story right and it's like yeah you're not the main character oh oh, oh okay <laughs> well uh I, i'm sorry that i'm here i'm sorry the game doesn't work i'm sorry that i can just kill everything instantly why why bother why did i even come here i could just i could just watch someone play this game that's not me like why did i do this uh yeah and so like that's every that's time one of those somebody things. says so that they finally every time someone comes in and when in response to criticism of that game saying like Oh, they, but they fixed it now. I'm always like, oh, so now it went from being a broken bad game to just a regular bad game? Because that there's, yeah. Nothing, yeah, great. there's nothing good about uh, basically any of Cyberpunk. It's it's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's broken it just, on a design level. Storyline. Yeah, there's like a it couple of okay also, characters, and it has, a, it has a decent intro and conclusion. But like the entire middle 90% of the game is awful. And also, don't lie. I, I'll break it. I'm I'm not going to go into cyberpunk and it's not going to be broken for me. I will break it immediately. So like you can't fix a game for me that way. If your game is <laughs> glitchy, that's fine because I it will oh every game is glitchy for me. The problem I have is that there's other like the glitches are the only interesting thing about the game. Everything else is bad. So like what the fuck? I don't want glitches, but if that's the only good part of your game, then fixing it means yeah, all you're left with is a bad game. Thanks. Thanks for doing that. Like it's it's awful. Like I don't I don't know. I don't I don't understand who Cyberpunk is made for. And I know that most games are not People made with for very me, but low this is standards. Like, yeah, but this is like so bad. This is the this is bad to the point of like I don't know if this is legal. Can you legally make something like this? Like I I don't know. I mean they People did get People who sued, enjoy I glitches guess, where your but... dick sticks out when you're wearing full clothes. Yeah, that's you mean the Donald part. Duck glitch, dude. I love the Donald Duck. That's what? <laughs> the, wait, uh, why? Why is it called that? Because your, your top, top doesn't wear pants. Yeah, because usually your top would stay on, but your pants would be gone, so you look like Donald Duck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. not even the weird color meme. Yeah, I every uh, time I think yeah. Cyberpunk, my mind immediately goes to that taxi game that you played, Keith. I didn't play Cyberpunk or the taxi game. Cloudpunk. 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 Yeah. Mm. Oh, that game was so great. Oh man, that game was amazing. With the best dog. It. Philosophical the dog was dog amazing. AI. 
but it, it, everything else was just, that game was just like full of <clears throat> chefskis. I need to go back it's, and play the like sequel it's... expansion thing. I meant to do it relatively shortly afterwards, but then didn't because that's how it always goes. I think I did I feel that. Like it's, I, yeah. That was one of those games that just didn't really stick with me. I mean, like, I, I enjoyed it while I was playing it. I think I gave it a seven. That was the I played that the year that I played 104 games, and I Ooh. reviewed every single one of them. Um, oh, my God. That was coincidentally <laughs> also the year that that project gate made CD Projekt Red send me a review code of Cyberpunk. And when mm. I went to start it, I was like, bruh, you do not want me to review this because <laughs> this is not <laughs> yeah. working. But Cloudpunk, I mean, I liked it, but like you've mentioned, Keith, the two other times that this has come up, you're like, oh, yeah, the best dog AI. I literally do not remember there being a dog in that game at all whatsoever how little of an impression that Chemist game made the on dog, me <laughs> you, you install him into your taxi and his brain's yeah. running slow because the taxi is too <laughs> shitty oh he, that is correct i do remember he, he that literally talks now. to you for the yeah. entire video game he's always yeah, there just didn't just didn't register to me just not something yeah. i was concerned I mean, about his name's even <laughs> camus that's oh, the yeah, guy you like Camus, yeah. Camus, shit. Huh. I, I, think, I think she does call him Camus. It's just yeah, everybody fired over Camus. the pronunciation. But the uh, that was the game yeah. where I, I made a I made a comment on like oh like just just on the fact that like oh she has to pay for the non-standard version because she's a woman. Yep. So she has, so she has to unlock. She has to pay to unlock the thing addressing her correctly as a woman because she's considered non-default. And yeah. Fucking someone was like, not everything's a fucking political thing, libtard. Yeah. It's like, no, this game is explicitly political. And it was like, it was like so obviously the point, and they were so obviously wrong. But when I tweeted about it, the fucking writer of the game responded to it. It's like, yes, it's obviously political. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so it's like, not, it's not often that fucking the writer of the game themselves will just descend from above to stomp on the weird idiot that it says i'm reading too much into something which they say about I anything i ever read into i love like, the idea I, that I, games the, would have to Bioshock start with was... that just like a big big black screen <laughs> with white text and it's like yes this game is political in nature anything you see yeah. can be interpreted politically like, <laughs> like if you want we to talk have about a the statement most annoying... we are trying to make get lost <laughs> if you want to talk about like the most annoying games to let's play alternate flavors of this thing like one of them is games like Wasteland 3 or Divinity Original Sin 2, where it's like, what? Let's try Wasteland to have 3 was a fucking treasure. It was great, but <laughs> it, was, it was spectacular. There's so many things I love about that, but it's a version of what got even worse in Divinity Original Sin 2, which is that it's just the fact that you're trying to this game's like you can be multiple RPG people in the same time and you're all the main character at once and you're allowed to split up and talk to different people. And that's a fucking nightmare to let's play to figure out how to best handle that show like original yeah. sin 2 is one of the worst games i've ever tried to do a let's play of because of that of like trying to have all these uh, like clashing personalities and trying to like do these multiple perspectives yeah. at once and that just being a horrible well, thing that's just like that's like a me. logistics issue yeah. right like that's just trying try, uh, to yeah, figure I'm, out i'm talking about other versions of like games being very annoying to record uh a yeah. different version of that is like uh was it metroid prime was very difficult to physically play on the hardware i had and then like mdk took like an entire day of play testing just to be able to mm. get the recording and the emulation to finally work correctly 
all to then yeah. record a game that was less than a day long anyway. Like it's, I spent more time, yeah. I probably spent more time playtesting that thing to get those series to be possible than when I actually played it. And then well, in this the topic of what into... we were just talking about with like the political things, like yeah. fucking Bioshock was one of the most annoying yeah. games to play because I spent the whole time wanting to ban like 10 different people because people would lose their shit whenever I read into <laughs> anything. Like, oh, wow, isn't it interesting how this game has like uh, anti-police vending machines where you can just pay to like n get away with crime? Isn't that interesting? And this like and randian society i'm sure and like hey, stop reading too much into things blah 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 it doesn't mean anything <laughs> it's just a game. video game i'm like yeah. you motherfuckers it's called this game literally has a guy named andrew ryan what the fuck do you think is the like literally game? it's a game that those same people probably are like the story is so deep and politically interesting and philosophically yeah. good it's like fuck you dude like there are games where, uh, the, actually, where the audience is so fucking annoying that it makes me not want to play yeah. the game anymore and Bi like bioshock was a little bit of that paladins was a strong version of that i banned like 20 people when we were playing paladins because they're such <laughs> they're such little baby people they're insecure it's little so shitheads there's i hate i hate like paladins is like better than its its fan base is but they're, they're they're such little shitty little piss babies. They're such little shit garbage people. <laughs> uh, they lose their entire they're they're shitting and pissing and crying themselves the entire time because they're sad little. They have such a little brother syndrome. They're so fucking insecure about the fact that Overwatch exists and is more successful and polished than their game while being relatively comparable, unlike most other games you can compare. Like how Overwatch just does not realistically play like TF2 in almost any context, yeah. for example. Or Valorant. Like, it's, it's a, like it's, it's... Yeah. yeah like comparing even, Overwatch yeah. to Valorant and TF2 like, is very insincere, aside from saying individual characters have the same abilities sometimes. But, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Paladins mechanics. is like, extremely yeah. comparable to Overwatch in several ways, and even the lightest comment in that territory makes people lose their entire yeah. shit so like congrats <laughs> congrats to paladins fans for completely driving me away when i was like relatively okay with checking out their game and trying something new and they were so fucking insecure about any mention of overwatch stuff all the time that they were just just paragraphs and paragraphs of actively toxic shit that i just did not want to engage with their community anymore and did not want to give them content <laughs> and that's, yeah they did that to themselves so that I mean, this all kind of ties into we, we were kind of drubbing on this point. Um, we got kind of a combination question here. So Basque asks, what games would you like to play but wouldn't because of technical issues or like preservation problems? And then uh, Kettle asks, curious if there are any future titles or projects that we're interested in. Uh, my my answer is an answer to both of these questions at the same time, which is uh, I would I would love to play Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines too. Who knows if that game will come out or be good <laughs> when it comes out or work. Or be the, game, uh, the same game. Yeah, or even be the same game. Who knows? Uh, who can say? Yeah. But I would like I would like to do that. I'm currently having this issue with Jedi Survivor. I just can't fucking play the game. Uh, it's I loved it. I loved one? what I played. Yeah. It just came out like three yeah, days been, ago. Everybody's it's, been complaining. Yeah. Yeah, it's like horrifically broken on not only PC but also the consoles that it was released on. It just doesn't work. Uh and yeah, I mean I have clips on my Twitch channel of like I was fighting this enemy in a field with three other enemies in it. And my frame rate drops to like 7 frames per second 
and the frame pacing is completely off so it looks like a slideshow and i'm looking at this gigantic enemy that's winding up to do an attack that will kill me i have like one estus left and i'm trying to figure out how i'm gonna heal and then he goes to launch himself and just falls through the terrain and disappears because the collision stopped working because the frame rate was so low. Uh, it's like wow. like the game does not function right now. And it's like a again, simulator. Yeah. Congrats. And I it's like it's not my computer either. I have a 7900X and a RTX 4090. Like my computer well, should be able to run this. I think that's and, probably why it's not running very well. Is because I well, I guarantee no you way. those those I get, no I promise you that studio no, does not have Intel. those machines Intel in the testing the, room. This is this is EA. I, it's respawn. Like this is no, a huge. Yeah, they, they don't have that. They don't stuff. have they they don't have that stuff at all. No way in hell. I bet you they're running off of like some twenty eighty fucking computer in the back room. Oh, like no I, way. I bet you they have some <laughs> shitty computer that's running this thing. There's no but way, they, dude. Those are back. The issue the, those... doesn't have to do with my hardware. It's it's a universal yeah. issue because the settings menu is like just broken. Like it literally doesn't run on anything. If you set the graphics to like ten twenty four by seven six eight interlaced at and you try to lock it. To 30 frames per second it still doesn't improve your performance the game itself does not work correctly if you set so the easiest way to, to see this is there's an option in the menus to change your texture resolution from like epic to lowest but if you use something like uh reva tuner to um look at like to have an on-screen display to show you how much video ram is being used if you turn it from epic down to the lowest it still pages 21 gigs of VRAM because oh, it's still uh, it's still Elden loading Ring had this problem. Yeah, yeah. It is it is a universal engine problem with the way that they've implemented Unreal. Um, I think it's yeah. using Unreal, but or whatever engine they're using, it does Wait, not the, work. The 1490 only has 16, right? No, I have 24 gigs of VRAM. No, oh, it's 24. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the um, Elden Ring had this exact problem where they were trying to load the shadows for the entire game every time you loaded. And so yeah. you would have this like five minutes in the beginning of the game where sometimes it would just not run very well because it's trying yeah, to load the shadows for everything. And, and yeah. Texture paging and stuff. And, yeah. Yeah. And so like the best thing to do is to go into the game before you start recording it, run around the area and then go back yep. to where you want to start recording from because then you will have loaded everything incorrectly. It yeah. was a nightmare. But they Survivor's even it. worse it than that. Yeah. yeah. Is Survivor's imagine, even worse yeah. than that, though. It just it just doesn't it like literally doesn't work. It has um it has like a a setting. It's incredible. You can turn on the like uh AMD FSR, like super resolution stuff, which is supposed to obviously improve performance while decreasing internal resolution with a relatively low hit to visual quality. Same as DLSS on, on most games like that. Normally, that should net you a pretty solid amount of frame rate difference. My game runs worse with it on than with it off mm -hmm. because my hardware should be able to just render the game at native resolution. And all turning it on does is add extra load to the CPU, which is already yeah. pinged for some reason. Like it just doesn't. It just doesn't work. And I really, I was going to spend, I talked to Keith about this. I said, Keith, we have to record all of Arches on Friday because I'm going to spend 20 hours streaming Jedi Survivor tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> and I streamed three and a half hours of Survivor because I got to a point and it, you, people watch it on stream where my game became unplayable. 
NPCs I was supposed to be able to talk to disappeared from the game because they <laughs> fell through the fucking terrain. Yep, like yep, this yep, is yep. in a in a year of bad PC ports of like like truly abysmal PC ports. The Last of Us Part One released broken three weeks ago like it is wasn't bad. it just a vram issue that you know partially would... there's more there's more stuff oh, there's more? Uh, oh, okay there was more issues with it than that but like it, like settings menus not working crap like that that was bad survivor is a worse pc port than that now the tragedy of that is that jedi survivor is a incredible game when it works it is so good it is an improvement in every regard from fallen order which is a game i already like a lot it it is so so interesting and well designed and just totally gets what it needed to do to improve on fallen order everything you possibly could have wanted fallen order to do better this game does better it just doesn't fucking run it just doesn't run and unlike cyberpunk you can see the the gem of a good game covered in the mud of yeah. garbage porting around it and it's just so tragic all i want to do is play this game and i can't play this game for my stream but i mean on the on the plus side you know that it's going to be fixed you know that these oh, are yeah. yeah like but, the technical but the issues meantime, are way easier to fix yeah in yeah. the meantime you're, you're immediately just scratching you're like oh, I, just, I, need, I need another visual novel to play keith because yeah. it's not working I need another visual novel. i've been messaging <laughs> keith like can we just do literally anything so that i feel productive like i just can we record a visual novel like let's let's do 428 let's do should be a scramble please just yeah. like let us let me do something please with my scramble. time <laughs> yeah <laughs> Say hello to our last podcast for the next six months because the four of us are going to play Shibuya Scramble now. Woo! Oh my god. Actually, that'd probably be faster. Yeah. yeah. Could be fun. We had one um, more person. We'd have one for every perspective, but then I'd have to worry about anyone yeah. being unavailable ever. <laughs> we, That's true. Once you have five people, you all take turns uh, not being available each week until we don't do something for a whole month. Like that's usually how it goes. It's the, yeah. the risk. Yeah. <laughs> I think for five people, we'd, we'd need to have a like a a flexible schedule so it, yes, the unavailability time sort of, slot yeah it's uh that's that is tough i i don't think i have any games that i i want to record for preservation's sake i think i think i mostly just play games that are interesting to me and there haven't been any games where i was like man i really regret i can't play this game um, yeah I'm sad I, I didn't most play Secret that... World before it got like reacquired and revamped as a free-to-play game that everyone seems to hate now. There's yeah. all those there's all those interesting video essays or or there's escape extra credits videos or whatever fucking type of coverage existed. About it's like a decade quest ago. design and stuff. Yeah, about yeah. it having interesting quest uh, yeah, design. Yeah, about a game that doesn't exist. And and now none of the people that play it like it. So yeah. I would like to maybe do like this is one of those things. I mean, Keith has brought this up before, um, but like recording MMOs could be really cool. Like it's really cool in theory because there's like not a lot of playthroughs of these things and people seem to actually enjoy them, like especially people who can't play MMOs just to see what they're about. I'd love to do like a Final Fantasy 11 Let's Play, but that would literally be a thousand hour long yes. process <laughs> or like Keith, Keith mentioned to me uh, quite a few times, like it would be really fun to do like Star Wars, the old Republic and have all of us do different classes because the game is different depending on what class you play and then edit in, it, it into one sort of interesting 
let's play story with all of our different perspectives but then like, like again like that's thrones, like a thousand it'd be like a game of thrones scale let's play where it cuts between all these different perspectives at different times for the different class storylines happening in parallel yeah and that but that would also just be a gigantic editing process and there, there's yeah. definitely stuff out there that just like it would be cool to let's play but it's just it's not feasible and then again for me another thing is like i only started publicly let's playing this year basically last year and uh, that means that i've spent 29 years 20 actually like 26 years of my life playing video games already <laughs> so like there are a lot of really cool games that i would have liked to play for the channel to archive and just like have my playthroughs of but like i fucking played everything i have played so many games in my life that so many of them are just not new to me and not they don't make for the same kind of interesting content and like one of the reasons why i'm doing the last of us part one and two the way i am is because it's a playthrough style that no one else has done that i can kind of show off and talk about and provide perspective on that like other people don't because otherwise i would just be replaying a game i've already played which to me even just as like not even as a content creator just like as someone who plays a lot of video games like I've already done this. Well, it's a little bit boring. It's like an uninteresting, unengaging thing to do unless I'm like making a challenge run out of something. So I was like really lucky in that I didn't play like any of the popular stuff growing up for the most part. Yeah. So I played rare, rare yeah. games, but like when everyone else was playing all those fucking mainstream Nintendo games on the 64 era and stuff, I was playing like mm. Bowerman 64. And mischief <laughs> makers and soft stuff konami just weird, stuff just, just weird shit <laughs> just whatever i there is just, i just i just like saw boxes and picked them up and that was the process mm, you know what i do have one i want to play i would love to play hunter the reckoning both oh, hunter the reckoning would... and hunter the reckoning redeemer i have them it... on the original xbox i have both of them but Andrew, like, when I mm, when I move, we're gonna play some Hunter the Reckoning. I, Hell I'm yeah! Super down. I I would love to. I want to beat it again. It's like the it's like a better version of Gauntlet Legends. There's just something yeah. It's so like a fun. it's a super fun two to four player depending on what system you're playing it on. Uh, yeah, Gauntlet style game. Andrew, I assign it's me so the good. fuck up. I it's, love it's, like again. Yeah, it has to be it has to be local. It's not a game you can local. play remotely. Yeah. But also, it doesn't Unless... run on almost anything except original Xbox. You can play the original Hunter the Reckoning on a new Xbox, but not Redeemer for some reason. So like huh. the only way to play Redeemer is on the fucking og xbox one like it's such a pain in the ass and like but it is but it's so hey. fun it's such a fun game like i i love it to death it's so dumb <laughs> like i have good news for you my friend oh yeah the gamecube version of these games has perfect compatibility on dolphin and supports netplay Okay, I didn't think about playing it on the GameCube. I guess I, yeah. I guess because I bought them physically for the Xbox, I was like, well, I'll and we play could it do on it this. widescreen. We could play it in widescreen. Oh, okay. Cool. We, that's. I think we should probably consider. We'll this. investigate we this. We'll investigate this offline. I'll, I'll check and it, see if we can do this. Because if we can do net oh. play, that's we can we can get four people. Like, oh, easy. What a what a treat that I would be. I've never it's, heard of this game. I don't think it's it's, a, so it's, a, it's another world of darkness game. It's the same yeah. world as Vampire the Masquerade, but it's like a it's like a gauntlet style based on Hunter, mm -hmm. which is a different tabletop in the same universe. Yeah, it's, I don't think I've watched a, any. 
Yeah. Good. Table. You know what? You should go in blind. It is such a it's such an experience <laughs> going into this game blind. There's like a lot of there. I I will readily admit that the game isn't like the best. There are definitely a lot of parts of it that are like, oh, this isn't great. But that. But the general like moment to moment gameplay is a lot of fun. You feel like you're constantly doing something. There's not a lot of time where you're uh. Uh, unless you're trying to be like really, really completionist, like you're running around the map trying to get uh, be, be like, you know, be perfectly prepared for every fight, then it may get a little daunting. But for the most part, like just from minute to minute gameplay, there's always something fun going on. And there's always these moments of like, I don't know, just the, the like, what is what am I what should I be doing? What should I be doing? What's happening? Like, this is a lot of enemies, but also I feel like I I feel like I'm not well equipped to deal with this because you need to scounge for ammo, for weapons, for wait for like abilities to charge. It's just there's a lot of fun in it. Boss fights are just really interesting. It's just the story yeah. is just comically dumb. Um, it's, it's it's kind great. of it it's reminds me of like X-Men Legends in a lot of ways. If you ever played those mm. games uh, where you're just like it's kind of like a dungeon crawler, but you have like four people, one to two people, depending on the console. Again, I think there was a PS2 one called like Hunter the Reckoning Wayward as yeah. well. There there are a few of yeah, them, there but they're they're just kind of I mean, in, I, I say this with love in my heart for these games. Uh, they're kind of like they're like shitty off brand dungeon crawlers but because of that it enables them to be weird ass yeah. like goofy multiplayer games they're they're pretty fun yeah they're they're, they're, a good one. they're definitely they're definitely more they're not like diablo it no. dungeon crawl like diablo is really like poison the well of the word dungeon crawler um yeah. it's very much not like that you are not looking for you're not upgrading you, yeah, characters yeah. or getting armor. no 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 you you do so there are upgrades uh but they yeah. are like super basic it's basically like health magic power like like yeah, you're basically yeah. upgrading one solitary thing and it's not you don't have to think much about it you just say like well i kind of need more life or i kind of need more magic um maybe baldur's gate the, dark alliance is like a good comparison point if you've played that yeah that would that probably was the game that confused accurate. me <laughs> well uh, like let's check out this xbox game that's like i'm like this isn't what Baldur's gate supposed to be like but it's also kind of not quite what diablo is uh yeah but i was like must get chain lightning as fast as possible and also i was wearing all the wrong gear because i didn't understand what the stats meant because they all meant the opposite of what they intuitively should mean because it's old <laughs> D. &D. the Baldur's gate was my first uh dark alliance was my first introduction to the fucked up old version of ac where the numbers are dumb <laughs> I couldn't understand what gear like was. Eco. I just couldn't understand what gear was good. Uh, it's the oh, thing. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's not. I can. I can learn a system. It's that these games don't teach you it. They like don't. You, they don't. It's, yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. it's like you play the um, the omnipresent D and D system, right? I'm like, no. Yeah, that's very much the attitude. Not only, not only does not everyone play D and D because it wasn't. A, it's not fucking Star Wars. Not everyone fucking is experiencing the same rule set. But by the time I played those games. Even then, 3.5 was out or whatever. So, like, my introduction to D&D &D also didn't involve this version of AC. So I, was, so I still didn't know what was happening. <laughs> and these games just don't really explain themselves for shit. And it's like, of all yeah. things, like, it's one thing to be like, oh, you should read the manual for the 500-hour slow-paced CRPG. The game, it came with a book. Uh, but for... Right. 
but if you're gonna make a fucking diablo clone then it's like you know i shouldn't have to read a, a book about how to replay this game it has, it has, two, <laughs> it has two buttons you barely think like just yeah. tell me how just tell me what the gear how it works just don't make it weird and stupid mm-hmm. what a numbers mean game i i'm excited i'm excited to hear that there is potential to <laughs> i'll look into this i'll I'll see what the process of getting it set up is and if it's if it's feasible to do but if it is then we can play it on net play if it yeah. isn't then when i move up north we'll we'll steal time to record it as like a co-op experience Perfect. maybe we'll just have like a weekend where we all chill yeah. at my apartment or something and we just record it in one long <laughs> marathon session because it's not very long <laughs> it's like it's like maybe six hours total thankfully yeah, getting yeah, old yeah, video games long, to work yeah. is toaster's kink it is my kink. Oh. Yeah, I'm I'm really into retro retro troubleshooting. <laughs> I I I'm glad somebody is. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just that's for me. I'll, I'll like, get it I, done. I'll, I guess I'll I can also through. play the game afterwards. I guess. <laughs> it's not really the one I got signed up for. I mostly was here for the grit. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm Dude, here to figure grit. out what connectors to plug into what. <laughs> for but, me, the yeah, the. That, the game that I wish I could play. There, I mean, there's a lot of games that I started doing a let's play or started trying to record and then they wouldn't record. Uh, there's no, oh, I mean, there's like half a dozen of them, so that's a lot. But there's one that sort of sticks in my mind. It's Divine Divinity. Oh, and, uh, I also had trouble trying to record that. It, I was going to do a playthrough play it. and it, it just I doesn't work. It. No, recording, you need absolutely need the capture card. But yeah. I, could, I could get it to play it once and then I couldn't do it after that. It just doesn't work. My issue is I could get the game to launch, but if I tried to get anything to record my screen, it required me to like click out and the second I clicked out, it would break. It wouldn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I couldn't do it. Uh, I, 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 the first time I tried to run it, I, uh, uh, it, 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 it bugged out, but I could, I could record it locally, but then it would only show like the background and not the character sprites or anything. So it wasn't yeah. recording properly. And after that, it was just would not even boot. So um, yeah, it's one of those games there... that if I, if I have a windows 98 machine or maybe windows XP just sitting around, I'm sure I, there's, I could... there's a thing now there's a, so there's a recently been a, it's, it's, it's going to sound weird. It's not virtualization. It isn't a, it isn't like a DOS box. It's not like a virtual machine, but there is mm. an emulator that just got released that has almost perfect compatibility for running Windows 95 through Windows 2000. Maybe oh, if you Finally. use that, you might be able to record that emulator's window. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- weirdly enough, uh, Linus just did a video about this as we were talking about earlier. Linus Tech Tips put out a video for it. I'll link. I'll link it to you, Colonel, because it might be an avenue to explore for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and maybe I can get finally get to play uh, Soul Reaver, the first one, which I own, but oh. it requires ninety eight. So, so I, I, don't, I can't play it. Yeah, I for Soul Reaver. Oh, you're talking about um, are you talking about Legacy of Cain or Soul Legacy Reaver? Legacy of Cain. One? No, no, no. The 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 one Soul Reaver one, the first Soul Reaver. Oh, it, so. there's a PC. There, there's a like reverse engineering port um being made for that. I believe I just got mm. it up and running, so I can show you how to get that set up as well. Oh, if you want. Jesus. Yeah, Soul Reaver. I I played the first. My first game in that series was Soul Reaver Two, and I, which is it starts right after the 
the sort of cliffhanger ending of the Soul River one. So it was just like this this in media res sort of beginning. And I didn't understand anything. I didn't know any of the characters, but I just got in, engulfed in the storyline or the little bits that I could understand. It's like this this world is amazing. And then I played the original one, Legacy of Cain, Blood Omen. Um and uh, it was pretty fun, a very difficult game to my... Yeah, Blood story. Omen was another one I had trouble getting running on my PC, and I, I opted me, to, to just emulate the PS1 version because, no. you know, you take a performance hit, but it's it's whatever. Yeah. For me, I, it worked. Uh, I played it, I finished it twice now. Uh, but then I, I could only watch the Let's Play of <laughs> Soul River 1, couldn't play it myself. And then I played <laughs> um, I played uh, Soul River 2 and Defiance. Defiance on a... yeah. I love Soul Reaver. Those are games I want to do Let's Plays of, too, because I haven't played them in, like, probably 20... Not 20 years, maybe, no, maybe okay. 15 years. Yeah. yeah, 15 years is probably the last time I went through Legacy There's of There's some really good Let's Plays out there. Yeah. I've, I've but, watched a, a couple of brothers in particular. I don't remember their name, but they know their yeah. stuff. Uh, the thing I was thinking of wasn't... It's not a source port. It's a HD, like, perfect upscale player patch that fixes a lot of issues with the dreamcast version which is the best version of that game so you just have to oh, you have to emulate it on dreamcast it's an emulator right right, right. yeah now, that's it's using emulation but loop to hear the dream yeah version it's interesting the version? yeah the dreamcast version is the best version because it's the normal? only one that has like uh not yeah, that was always enough. it is for yeah. a lot of games back then um there are a lot of good ones but they've been superseded by pc ports a lot of the time but um, yeah in this particular oh. case it is the best version to play for for soul reaver because it has uncompressed textures doesn't have um, perspective warping like the ps1 version did and it has uncompressed audio and um non-sequenced audio or or properly sequenced audio unlike the pc version so you want to emulate the dreamcast version if you want to play soul reaver i also want to play cannon spike cannon spike I oh is know. isn't that like the street isn't that like a street fighter yeah spin-off? yeah the <laughs> yeah, street fighter spinoff yeah Hell yeah i would i have that for the dreamcast i realize i do want to play that actually I, that would be really fun to oh, play man. i can't i can't wait to move closer <laughs> andrew because we're gonna play so many fucking weird old games Hell yeah. the street yeah. fighter yeah. game Amazing. i had growing up was the one where you played four player at once in 3d <laughs> isn't what isn't that cannon spike yeah that's is that cannon, cannon spike, spike right it was yeah. it was four player so it was a side scrolling beat em up it was a side scrolling yeah that's cannon spike like like uh <laughs> yeah like a like street like it was the confines of a street fighter like arena like you go left and right and that's it but it was four players at once on one plane and it was just noise it was just it was nonsensical <laughs> oh. Oh, maybe maybe you're thinking about like one of the final fight games or something because those take yeah, place in, the, I same, think you're in thinking, the Street Fighter universe. I think you're thinking of that because Cannon Spike is uh, is like it's more sort of like a it's more like, like, a, like it, yeah, it was a not a beat, like it was like not a beat em up. Like... It was a fighting game. Okay, it was a fighting oh, okay. game. Okay. Where, it was where, a legit it, fighting game. Yeah, it was a two D fighting game, but with three D graphics and four players on the screen at once. I'm looking at the fucking. Cannon it was a fucking nightmare. Good luck naming that one game fuck dude we gotta play cannon spike that would be a that would be a riot i would love to do that game is do you so have the hardware for it do you have a dreamcast yeah i have a dreamcast uh you know what i do need to replace its cd drive uh i can are probably we have it like, on ebay are we gonna have like a big that's like, easy uptick can... of like local yeah. recording studio shouting match video uh, game sessions 
Y'all, if I, can, I if I rent yeah. a house, we, we, we I go. will turn my office like into a communal space that we can use to record. Like I will dedicate. We're just gonna go space full circle to the to original that. days of sad games. <laughs> Hell, no, and you know yeah. what? Those were the best times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we're gonna revive it. It'll be good. We'll have an actual I, yeah, channel if network. I, if I just get my if I just get a replacement CD drive, then I should definitely be able to play Dreamcast games with no issue. I have I, I do have the game. Yeah, I, it's very strange seeing how games change over time, like or just different versions of the games. Like I grew up playing yeah, Jedi power is, battles like... and having it like burned in my brain. So seeing the Dreamcast version a decade later and having it, none of it look the same at all, like it's the same levels, but none of the graphics match even remotely is a surreal experience. Like they straight up yeah. made, like they just made the game from the ground up to like be, to look like the same overall thing you play technically, but like none of the graphics were built with the same assumptions or even aesthetic. Yeah. Incredibly oh, completely. strange. Like yeah. Jedi Power Battles comparisons between PS1 and Dreamcast are just very strange. And, and if you grew up with one of them, you'll well, be very they're, shocked. They're basically by the other made one. by completely different teams at that point. Yeah. You know, it's like how the Wii ports of like Xbox 360 games were often, you know, they're titled the same and they're advertised like they're the same game, but they're completely different campaigns. Yeah. Like that time that oh, uh, Sonic uh, Unleashed was secretly supposedly better on Wii because it, it had Wii. better, it, its version of Werehog levels were less horrible. <laughs> <laughs> let's see we could play uh star wars demolition for the dreamcast i grew up with that one the best. but but on that's the best PS1 version by the way or two uh the, the dreamcast version is the best one um i had the playstation one so what, i had a lot of z fighting think of like what other uh the only playstation I only have a lot of dreamcast games that i can think of that i like would want to play that i didn't get a chance that i could not get a chance to like that haven't been ported somewhere else doesn't um, everyone remember Dreamcast classics like Zombie Revenge and Psychic Force? <laughs> I still have our Toaster copy of Zombie remembers. Revenge that we bought to with the first Toaster fucking remembers. payment that we ever had from YouTube. Yeah, our first, th the first thing we spent our income on 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 on, uh, on YouTube was on a Dreamcast copy of Zombie Revenge, so we could play it. Only to find out that then we had f additional problems, which is the Dream uh, Andrew's Dreamcast doesn't work, <laughs> so we never got to play it. Yeah. I, uh, both my both my original PlayStation and my Dreamcast both have busted CD drives. Don't uh, yeah, just, don't don't get rid of any of that shit. I'll repair all of that for you. Do not. Oh yeah, I I, I, I didn't. I knew I could repair them. It was just the matter of like, oh, I have to take the time. Like I have to take the time to sit down, buy these parts, set up, set it up, fix it, and it's like, eh, whatever, man. <laughs> like I, my thought was like, if I just wait long enough, I'm sure emulators will take care of this problem for me forever um but yeah i i would like to have them working for sure because i i know i know that it's like the parts are cheap and also there's a lot of games that i can't play without that hardware uh which is frustrating i think i would also like to do what is it um oh i do want to do a let's play of pitfall for the sega genesis or for the super nintendo I can't remember which one it is. I don't remember. Uh, it's like, oh, what is it? Pitfall. Um, what is it? like the Pitfall. Mayan adventure? Yeah, the Mayan adventure. Pitfall, the Mayan adventure. That's what it is. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I remember playing that uh, as a kid and uh, struggling, but also enjoying it. Like this chaotic yeah. feeling of like, okay, I can do that this. That was the I'm era just... of those like cinematic platformers and like the like old school Prince of Persia games and stuff like that. Black Hawk, yeah. Things like that. Once yeah, somebody's yeah, laid yeah, that yeah. many traps for you, you'd really be better off mind your own business. Uh, uh, I, I mean, uh, honestly, uh, this guy definitely made a mistake. There's like a lot of shit you run into through the whole game. Toaster, you know, we, lions Toaster we've been sent a, a cursed question. We've been you, sent a cursed question. It. Oh, you're right. Fuck Bass Mary, says FMK Cassius Alexios Leo. Yeah, fuck Mary oh kill God. Cassius Alexios Leo. Uh, my answer but... is probably immediate. It would probably be fuck Alexios, marry Cassius because he's rich, and that's <laughs> fine, I guess, and kill Leo because Leo's not even good in bed. Canonically, he's not even good in bed. There's no point. <laughs> oh he's God. he's not good in bed, and he's poor. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> he's poor and bad in bed. That's, <laughs> that's, what's his redeeming qualities? Tell me. I don't want to pay his vet bills. This <laughs> uh, fuck Leo, marry Cassius, kill Alexios. It's just like process of elimination. Like you can't. You can't anything. Alexi the Alexios needs to go away. <laughs> There's no good options Damn, to Alexios. Dude. He's bad. Damn, uh, Cassius learned his lesson, kind of. So he might be the most tolerable person to be with long term. But these are not. These are not good options. These are horrible. These are specifically the bad options of all the games that they're from. <laughs> like all I'm saying is like I would marry. Cassius because if we because there are plenty of couples that don't get along and have these icy business power oh, relationships no. and he's an emperor he's an emperor oh like, he's yeah, gonna I'm have concubines not my responsibility right he can get his rocks off somewhere else and I can go I can go sleep with Alexios he's pliable I guess like whatever but like Leo, Leo it was not he Leo is a it makes my fight or flight happen I'm I'm with Toaster on his choices. Fuck Alexis, marry Cassius, and uh, kill Leo. Yeah. Jesus. My worry with Leo <laughs> is that if you do fuck him, then he's going to try to fuck, marry, kill you. All the above. What? What? All three at once. All yes. three at once just for you. <laughs> That's, that is the alarming outcome, is that he might just work down the list. <laughs> mm, yeah. Of all the characters <laughs> in these settings to choose, oh no! I do. I I, I did consider that. I mean, yeah, that's you're definitely you're just pushing me more towards the kill Leo situation uh, be, <laughs> because the fuck Alexis and fuck fuck Leo is is a uh, is quite almost even. I have my reputation but, as a Leo maybe, hater. Maybe the and most I'm controversial the statement I can say. <laughs> The most controversial <laughs> statement I can say is that Alexios might actually be a good one night stand. You know, like he's a problem. He's gonna talk shit about you. He's gonna stab you in the back. But There's like, no shit to talk about me. He just, just. All I'm saying, I'm not trying to be gross here, but like, you don't, you don't gotta get to know a pump and dump. That's all I'm saying. You oh know? my god. <laughs> well, we know already. So we we're, we have the advantage or disadvantage of of having seen I mean, all their. I don't think any of no these characters is canonically safe. good at sex. 
what? Yeah. what? <laughs> canonically? Like, they're canonically think, not good? I don't no. think any of these people are necessarily known for being no, actually good in bed. None of them, <laughs> so none of them a, are known for a rough well, list. Well, well Alexios but, is, like, literally, like, a, basically, like, a spy, right? Like, I can, I can bend my mind around him being the, like, femme yeah. fatale, like, erotic seduction, but, you know, it's whatever. I'm uh, yeah, worried. Well, also, because I, I, just, I can't handle the insincerity. That's not good. Yeah, that's the insincerity. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to be. In my, I don't want to be in my own head about it. Like I don't. I don't like that. I don't, I don't like wondering. Of, like at least Cassius is sincere. Leo's that too sincere. Leo's scary. Yeah. I think I can understand that. I guess it's just. <laughs> I mean, I made I made my tier list of who would be the best in bed in the Echo I just, universe. I feel like really... Alexios. I feel like sleeping with Alexios is like some fucking Andrew Tate shit, where you're like, oh, I hate women, but I want to fuck all of them. It's like, why? Why? What? This is like not a. You guys don't like each other. What's the point of any of this? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I I could see that. There's like, there's just no upside to doing anything with Alexios. I don't like that at all. Harsh, harsh criticisms of this poor guy. No, I think I, I made I, I made my tier list of who would be the best uh, in bed in the Echo universe, and I think you know I'm not straight, but I think Jenna is probably canonically the best, followed by probably Flynn. But if I, I tried would to do this sleep with, with every other route character in Echo before Leo, probably <laughs> yeah, definitely exactly. before Cassius yeah. and Alexios. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Hexo says Carl seems open-minded to fun stuff. Oh, I'm sure, but he's also he's also just never leaves his room and and you know doesn't have a lot of experience and you know has all these self-esteem issues. So it might be like it might be like kind of an awkward situation. So he's ranked a little bit lower on the list than like you know Olympic level sex havers <laughs> like Jenna. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> This has been Toaster's hot takes about who would, who we would sleep with in the Echo cast. Enjoy this as a standalone video. Put your comments video. below. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your hot. Give Just gotta clip takes, this into its literally. own video. I'm sure. I'm sure. I've been thinking about experimenting and cutting the podcast into a series of videos, at least for my channel, just to see if they fit like the rant format and make people watch them a lot. As opposed well, to, try to you could always try to do shorts and stuff like and, find and this, some funny clips in here and just short them. And this time we had a series of topics so I can like just cut each, at each question. <laughs> That's true. Finding, finding, we, we, we have some funny retorts every once in a while, but I think a lot of our. Um, I don't have the uh, patience uh, the to sit through these videos again to then find like a shorts worth of like highlight <laughs> unless there's something oh, one the, specific thing is burned into my brain the problem is that the amusement we draw from our interactions also comes from the fact that we know each other and the viewers also are in it for that there's like th there's a lot of our humor that just relies on on the already existing background do you know what i mean and shorts don't rely on that at all they need to stand on their own you can't just make a short and be like, oh, he said a reference to a thing or, you know. Yeah. I don't know how any of that works. I just completely ignore that system.
<laughs> you know, even simple things like like saying, you know, I would love to play this game. Oh, I grew up playing this game. It's so nice. And for and like in a in a podcast, it's cool. But in the shorts, like it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. I'm just, I got I got I, an early intro to that, that where back on Sit and Discuss, we were trying to figure out what to do with that channel over the years. And at one point we would just do like these daily vlog things. And Andrew would just kind of like rant about stuff whenever and whatever every day. But like I yeah. struggled to come up with anything to actually make a video about back then. And half the time, if I I, I uh if I talked about anyone else or something like that, I learned real fast about how quickly these videos are really weird out of context and like can be, be a very strange experience, yeah. especially if like you like mention another creator and then they see it or something and they see it as like a personal attack. And I'm like, oh, I don't need, I didn't even like figure out the tone of this thing. because That's definitely not always I was going for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's also just uh, one of the things that we don't think about, though, is that like channels like, you know, Mr. Beast or whatever, like they have like little shorts that are goofy and seem to be really centered around their dynamics with each other. But like he gets new followers every day that have never heard of him, you know, yeah. so you don't need to you don't need to worry too much about having too much context because people will catch one video, be curious about it and then watch 47 other shorts in a row and figure out your personalities and your relationships from that. So, oh my God. <clears throat> but the, the, I mean, it's the easy when the videos are 15 person... seconds long or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but then, but then at yeah, the same yeah, time, yeah. there's the people that don't expl that are like mad you don't explain who everybody is every episode. <laughs> or like every time I bring up Stephanie, there's always like, who's not... Stephanie? And I'm like, oh. Do you not put links? This is weird. The, this... Oh, we know. Yeah, for Stephanie. I do, but no one reads the Doobly Doo kernel. Yeah, Doobly Doo don't exist. Yeah, that's true. They don't, yeah. Just, I mean, just like these streams where someone will donate to me, they'd be like, "Why isn't he acknowledging me?" And I'm like, "I." The whole description is about podcast. that. The whole description is about that. <laughs> Thank you for the donation. And then the, uh, yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is what happens. Who is this person in the video? Uh, they're the person that I said is in the video. Okay. <laughs> Shit. Well, that clears everything up. Uh, I, I just don't I, I don't have the brain for skits I guess they technically would be like I don't yeah. have the, the, the brain for those kind of like vine style tiktok style content I just am not yeah. I am not a comedian I am an idiot and you want to know who weirdly does draws comedy fucking bird bird is a shorts <laughs> machine everything yeah. that oh yeah I can is. see that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I can definitely see that god he's just he's just got the the most the most honed timing when it comes to things like that that dude is gonna boost he's engagement for all our channels forever he's <laughs> on it though like you can tell before we even like when we start recording like he's been he's been hyping himself up he's he's there he's he's gonna go do he's it been pre yeah <laughs> and that's why after like the two hours it was like okay i'm done that's it i'm tired because of course you are you've been on for two hours it's not like us running on autopilot or at least me <laughs> what I hate about shorts is that, like, I'm technically on some level funny for a living or something, but nothing is ever funny for me long enough for it to be thought about and then scripted and then filmed. Like, it never yeah, stays yeah, yeah. funny, and I always hate the idea by the time you get through any steps of that process. Yeah. It has to just come I, out. I always <laughs> think, I always thought it was, like, a confidence issue, but, like, the more... 
the more I like think about the things that I would think are funny and then writing them down and then thinking about talking about them or saying them or acting them out or whatever. And then the process of editing it and re-seeing it and rethinking about it is like this multi-long process of embarrassment. And I just don't particularly walk away from the experience going like, yeah, I should do more of these. It's definitely like a, okay, I did a thing and I don't think I'll ever do that again. And it's like, uh, like I have that problem with cooking videos where I did enjoy making them, but every time I had to go back and edit them, there's like this huge hesitation in even finishing it because I don't, I genuinely don't really think the content's good and yeah. people seem to enjoy it, but I, I don't know if they're just wrong. <laughs> yeah well like, you know like it's not that i don't think that they're being honest that they enjoy it but i don't think it actually has that kind of appeal i think it is just you know people just like i like watching you make content but the idea of making content isn't just for that the idea is also yeah. to make content that goes places you you do kind of on some level want to have other people see your content besides yeah. the people that you know so are subscribed um, yeah well this i mean I this gets to what we that. were talking about earlier right with like how we decide what to play and like games we want to do like playing games just for youtube like seems like it's all fun and games but like there is there are strategic aspects to playing things when you play them and making the content that you're making when you make it it isn't as Absolutely. simple as just being like hey i'm gonna jump in here and like you know, I mean, sometimes it is. It's it's very easy to just like record it, binge record a game you're interested in, and then just throw it, like puke it onto YouTube to live forever. But like, if you're really trying to maximize, like you actually have to think about these things. You really do have to pay attention <laughs> to like what you're doing, what you're spending your time doing, and that goes even more with things like shorts, where you have to be punchy and you have to be funny and you have to expect when the edits are going to happen and it's you know as much as we all stream i mean keith has it in his stream bio where it's like i'm not here to be just a good streamer i just happen to be streaming like we are here for multiple purposes uh yeah, and i had to have this conversation in my chat different behavior incentive <clears throat> yeah yeah and like i had to have a conversation in my chat on twitch the other day where i was like hey if i'm not responding to what my the people in my chat are asking me um, it's not because I'm ignoring you. Uh, I mean, sometimes it's because I don't notice because chat's moving too fast, but other times it's because like, yeah, I'd like to answer this question, but it's like, it's like a random question that maybe the answer isn't something I want to share on. Like it's going to live in a YouTube video for the next 10 years. Like I don't, I maybe that just isn't good content. Like I have to think about, okay, who's going to be listening to this on headphones on the bus in you know three years from now looking for like a jedi fallen order playthrough like is what i'm talking yeah. about going to be engaging to them too you know someone uh, someone in my chat recently asked me like they we were just talking about like i couldn't tell where someone was from in a sherlock game because their name was uh like it was distinctly foreign but in a way i wasn't sure what the origin was like he could have been like turkish or uh you know like other various uh, areas like hungarian or something around there like i just couldn't tell and he was like oh yeah like uh, this person in my chat like went into their background they're like i'm like like half norwegian half swedish like what's your like ethnic background toaster and i was like 
th this is not like a bad question to ask and like it's not gonna get me in trouble but like that's also one aggressively uninteresting for me to respond to and two like i don't I don't need people looking through my videos in 10 years being like, oh, yeah, toaster toaster said he was X, Y and Z. Like, it's just not information I need to share in a video when it's irrelevant. So it's just hard. It's hard to position this like content that needs to live on multiple platforms while you're also trying to make it and make it funny and make it work for all of the different platforms that have different approaches to them. Yeah, yeah that's one of the reasons why I always going to a stream the knowledge that i'm gonna edit because yep. i am i do not like watching vods unless it's mindless yeah. gameplay like yep it's it's either the hey thank you for the bits thank you for the oh the sub or whatever uh that is unrelated to the game or just the even the play style and play like the the tempo of playing can be the tempo is really slower. different yeah 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 and so i i just whenever somebody asks me an interesting question or a question at all actually i'll just like actually stop playing the game and answer <laughs> and like it, that way i i can edit things properly and not seem weird i tend yeah. to i tend to use the the breaks in between uh recordings as that time to kind of really yeah. like, respond to chat and answer and yeah. i usually like in the in my twitch bio or whatever it that, there's like a whole huge like paragraph that's basically like look if I don't respond to you, I'm I, I'm recording everything that I'm playing. If I don't respond to you, it's just because I'm trying to make content. I'm trying to make yeah. something right now. And I the moment I stop recording, I will be a hundred percent invested in talking to you. But like it's just you do have to set those boundaries because it there there's different yeah. yeah, like Toaster said, there's a lot of different reasons you would stream. Some people stream just to have other people to hang out with while they're streaming. Some people stream because they're making content and don't like doing it alone, isolated in a room. Yeah. Um, and so you know, like and so you just have to work around that. But I think they're yeah. sometimes they're, uh, they're just yeah. just streaming to trick themselves into staying on task. Yeah, that's that what yeah. I think that's what that's what me and Keith do a lot. Like, I mean, and for for me too, like a lot of games, there are just a lot of games that I don't know if they're going to be good stream games until I'm streaming them, right? Like uh there are games that I would only ever pre-record because I know I can edit shit out of them. But then there are games yeah. that I think are better for streaming because at least when my mind is blank while I'm playing them in a sort of daze and there isn't much to talk about, I can at least read chat and respond to chat so that it can like fill time. Right. Uh, yeah. And like, so it might be interesting, for example, I, I guess like to use a really good example, fucking let's playing fatal frame four would have been miserable because i had nothing to say in that game 95 percent of the time. <laughs> most of it was boring. If I pre-recorded that playthrough, it would have been eight and a half hours of silence periodically uh periodically interrupted by me going like why doesn't the camera work wow why won't it let me interact with the thing on the ground this is so frustrating move faster like that's all it would be um <laughs> with like literally hours of nothing in between it because the, the game was, was the game we're running nothing. whenever you ran it made you look like you're underwater yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's wow. just like it's just weird like it's just an odd it's just it, some games lend themselves to certain platforms better and like when we're when you're trying to do what a lot of us do which is like 
create content that will live forever somewhere else, it means that you are deprioritizing the in the moment of the streaming. And sometimes that's just what you got to do. Like, that's all there is to it. Um, but it's just hard. It's hard to make content that works everywhere while also making it work in the moment for the thing that you're, you know, you're streaming or recording or whatever. And we haven't even got into the technical issues that can arise from any oh one gosh. of those things. There are so many things I wish I could do. Like, uh, I know, Andrew, you do, like, you record in Streamlabs because you can do things like have an overlay recording and then a raw recording at the no. same time, right? I do OBS. I do OBS. Oh, you do OBS. I have, okay. Uh, I do OBS, but I have a, I have like one, I just actually finished this yesterday. I only have one um, uh, scene for all oh, of my streaming and, and recording. And uh, I just have different, uh, I have different sources in that one mm -hmm. scene. And I can, yeah. on my stream deck, I just choose which ones I want available. You and want so to I can show. just like Gotcha. Yeah. And so I turned all of my, my entire streaming are just modules on one screen. And so yeah. I can say, hey, I want to, you know, I want to play a game like Final Fantasy where I don't, it, it doesn't matter if you can see all of the different elements or whatever, because yeah. who gives a shit about Final Fantasy. Whereas if I'm playing something like Overwatch, well, obviously Overwatch, the more you can see of the game, the better it is. Yeah. Um, so things like that. And so I can just press buttons and quickly change between them. Yeah. Uh, but my, my but yeah, thing is, like, I, I, a, usually, yeah. I usually need to have multiple. Like, it would be great for me if I could have two different recordings recording at the same time, which is like, I want one with my overlay going to my stream, but I want the raw game yeah. footage for something else. And like, I can't do that. I know you can, I think XSplit can do it and Streamlabs can do it. But I can't in OBS because I need a plugin that only works on OBS in order to do my VTubing. So it's like, I'm uh, just stuck. I'm just stuck here. This is all I can do. Um, and like, I mean, I have multiple scenes on, on OBS because I have all of my different overlays and stuff and, and scripts and stuff set up for those different scenes. But like, sometimes you're just like, you're stuck because of the technical side of it. Like you just, I would love to be able to do a bunch of crazy shit with my stream, but I just, I can't really, because I'm also trying to record YouTube videos and the, the tools I would need to do the things that could be cool would prevent me from doing YouTube recording backups and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's the, that, that's the, another frustrating angle for stuff like, uh, even just regular let's playing too comes with its own, you know, system of headaches and, uh, issues and just it content creation is tough. It's very difficult and frustrating and, uh, rewarding all at the same time. The, uh, but there's, but I think with streaming too, there's a lot of, not pressure, but there's a lot of, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, multitasking you need to be doing at all times. You're paying yeah. attention to chat. You're ensuring that the content you're creating is coming out correctly on the stream. You want to make sure the audio is balanced. The video looks right. You know, like there's people, you're like interacting with people. If you're recording, you want to make sure rate, <laughs> like yeah. making sure OBS yeah, like, isn't breaking. <laughs> there's so much that goes involved in something. What you would see is something as simple as just, you're just playing a video game and talking over it. Yeah, I am. That's the easiest part. Like everything yeah. else about it is awful and hard and I hate it. But like, it's, it's just the, 
but at the end of the day, right? Like that's the whole reason that there's this motivation of like when you're streaming, you you are you are motivated to create content for someone else to enjoy, and so you're willing to push yourself to understand, endure, fix, and troubleshoot all this stuff on the fly, uh, because ultimately you're trying to make something for other people uh, that you hope that they enjoy and having fun doing it along the way. But it's definitely, uh, it's like, it's such a, <laughs> it's so hard to try and express that across, uh, especially when that's not, that is not the angle that someone consuming the content needs to worry about in any thought or any point in time. Like it's yeah. not, you don't like no one goes and watches a movie in the theater and goes like, Oh, I need to be very aware of how they made this. You don't you don't need to. You can just enjoy the product that is there at your and your eyeballs. Um and that's kind of the experience a streamer wants to give too is that you 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 don't want someone to sit there and have to understand the intricacies of what's going on in a stream because it's not working for you. And so yeah. uh yeah, and so there's just the there's like a lot of these angles that you have to play at that make it kind of intimidating and kind of exhausting. But at the same time, yeah. So I, I don't know. It's it's fun. There's a lot of fun in it. And I think there's a lot of cool stuff you can do. There's a lot of amazingly cool things you can do that I, especially being here for like 10 years, you turn around and you go like, holy shit, it would have been so nice if I could have just had that in the past. <laughs> it would have been so yeah. nice if there was a, a way that, you know, I could have done that a long time ago. Um, but oh, well. It's all that matters. Indeed. That, it's time yeah. to pull the emergency escape ripcord and end the yep. podcast so Colonel can go to bed and Andrew can get ready for Final Fantasy. It. And it's been three hours and all Yay. that. To, Thank goodbye, you for everybody. your time. This has been a fun one. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for the questions. Yes, also that. Thank you for the questions. Send all of your podcast questions to uh dialogue the choices comments yeah. for engagement dialogue yeah well i mean yes i guess that would be the smart thing to do ask all your questions in the comments or dialogue choices podcast at gmail.com i almost answered some of them today but then we did talk about other stuff instead so that didn't work at all bye but, but on days when we don't bye. <laughs> goodbye <laughs>